Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 21st of June 2020. And I hope, as always, that you're all managing to hold on to your sanity. Awfully important that I mentioned that way back in when 9-11 happened, I think that very night, and I said the hardest thing would be to hold on to your sanity going through all the changes that would come because 9-11 was just a, a kickoff for a, a good part of the agenda that we're living in today. And I won't even bargain going over it all again except to say that nothing happens by itself spontaneously. You make the occasional real accident of a plane falling out of the sky or something. But most big things that affect the world are planned for years in advance. That's really how it is. So 9-11, uh, you, ha- you already had the group that got into power at, at that time. The group before that, the same group before that, published a list of countries to take out, uh, which mean they would need a Pearl Harbor event, they said in their own writings at the time, which they published. And they said, we need a, a Pearl Harbor event, because the public won't, wouldn't go on board with it. And a Pearl Harbor event means if the nation's attacked, then the public are horrified. You play up on it, play up on and then you get them all to bind whoever you're pointing out to be the bad culprit, the Moriarty character. And it, it played out beautifully according to what they had wanted. And people lost their rights across the world. Isn't it amazing? Across the whole world, the whole world in a lockstep went into the same thing. Oh, you can't have privacy anymore. Nobody can afford privacy anymore. You've got to keep you safe. And out went privacy. And, and constant monitoring. And they, and they kept telling you the little bits to get you used to the idea. And each time you shut your face, that's what they say in Britain, you shut your face and said nothing. You acquiesced to it, legally. You see, well, the public accepted it. Nobody complained about it, really. And, and so here you are today with the next phase of it, as I've mentioned before, with the COVID idea. It's a good idea. It's quite good. Uh, it's, it's like the, the character, I think it's, he called himself General Bethlehem. They don't like <laughs> Christianity much in Hollywood, do they? And that was in uh, the movie uh, that was called um, The Postman. The Postman. About a future scenario where civilization had fallen apart and, and was really reduced due to a terrible war or something. Or maybe even by a war, who knows? But anyway, the. the the idea is that uh, feudal warlords start, new, new feudal warlords. And one of them, the big one, is ruthless, utterly ruthless psychopath and megalomaniac. And he calls himself General, I think, Bethlehem. And he said, because he had applied terror to his own men and to the populations they extorted the goods off of and the food off and everything else that they had, and their obeyance, of course. And he said that terror... Uh, terror drives logic out of the public's minds. Nothing changes. You see, he didn't invent the idea for the movie. It was, invent- it was invented for him long, long before that. Because it's always been known. Stalin talked about it too. And, and Lenin, of course, had a reign of terror. And he referred, in fact, to the French Revolution, same kind of thing before it, where they, they go to town and start chopping everybody's heads off. And celebrating it, in fact. Quite something. Everything can be repeated, remember. Everything can be repeated in society. And maybe that, I hope you're all learning from what's happening today. 
that literally, literally everything you thought was barbaric and somehow ancient, because we're now civilized, is nonsense, utterly nonsense. And you're, you're living in the same system that Plato said. If you can, if you if you know what worked in the past, and you know the formula to introduce anything, any new meme you might call it today, in society to take off, uh, then find out the formula and introduce it the same way for the same causes and effects and so on, and reasons, of course, the same reasons step by step, and you can do it all again quite easily. You I mean you can. Uh, I always think back to the, the old uh, Dracula movies, and the zombie movies are copied a lot of it too, but the Dracula uh, era it was real for the people. You, you, you look up places like Bulgaria, and they're still digging up bodies, old bodies in, in graveyards. They were buried with, it was iron they used actually for putting through the, the body. Because they, certain people they thought were were vampires, you know they were <laughs> they probably were the modern ultra international money lenders, who knows, but the fact is they they made sure they weren't going to come back to life again, and they actually used iron iron was thought to have a sort of magical property, a very old idea about iron too. But also, they, you, you find it getting uh, reborn, as I say, in uh, Hollywood and all the different movies. And Count Dracula, and then the zombies, of course, the zombie movies. Folk never figure out that they're being mocked all the time. And quite a few years back, I gave lots of talks on the CIA's involvement with the military-industrial complex with Hollywood. They have a department and an office in, Hol- in, in Hollywood. You know that, don't you? And they finance a lot of movies. They get not just all straightforward military movies, but also the CIA-type spy movies and. That kind of thing, but although they, they, they and they get the, the in the movies, you ever wonder why they can get uh, the cooperation of the air force and and the, the navy and so on. It's it's all part of the guys who's putting out the movies. Eh? Some of these movies for because propaganda is wonderful uh, when you see when you get all proud and and there's there's the, there's the there's all the orchestra blasting away as your ship goes flying through the seas towards some to destroy some enemy or whatever. And a very simple, primitive, natural thing, actually. Very tribal in a sense, but it works on everybody. And, uh, and but yeah, the Pentagon and CIA is behind that kind of thing. And Britain had its own studios, Pinewoods, and for a long time too. And I think they bit the dust a long time ago as well. But uh, they did a lot of stuff for World War Two as well. During World War One, the government used the military and financing for the military to put out plays for recruitment that would be stage plays. And there goes a brave young guy off and his girlfriend's there, a fiance, and she's so proud of him and all the emotion and so on. And come back, Jack, etc. Come back to me alive and well and all that kind of thing. It, it's as old as the hills, that idea. It works awfully well, though. We're played like fiddles. And there's never been a time, though, like today, like with, with such mass propaganda, mass propaganda, perfectly put across to the general public with teams. I mean, the, the universities have been churning out psychologists, neuroscientists, behaviorists especially, who study us in all kinds of situations. And they know exactly how to switch us on and off for different things, you see. Rage, passivity, whatever it want, they want, they can switch on and off. And, and it's quite fascinating to live through this, isn't it? And to see it happening. Amazing theatre, isn't it? 
the, the whole COVID lockdown was like one of these zombie movies. You know, they, they all get zo- the, the ones infected become zombies. You don't want you to see them. They should be locked in their homes in the dark sort of thing. And, uh, and not put out in the street there. And if they're on the street, they should be immediately arrested or whatever. It, it's so similar. Plus the, 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 U, the U.S. especially, and maybe Canada involved too, it was, a, it was an exercise they had. They called it exercise. It was a zombie invasion or something. And it was an exercise anyway, that they had a few years ago. On, we never said exactly what it was about, but they did talk about biowarfare and so on to get the idea across. So you don't get ill in biowarfare, you become an enemy of the people. You see, oh my god, he's got it, he's an enemy of the people, and that's how they play it out right now. Very simple stuff, isn't it? Doesn't take much to. To get the people to, to say, oh my God, I guess it's, look at that. That person's walking down the street and they're probably, they're, if they've got it, they're spreading it to everybody around them. Even the little birdies are probably getting it. You know, who knows? Maybe the mosquitoes get it when they bite you, like up here in Canada. Or maybe the mosquitoes are getting it to you, yeah? And maybe they, they, then you're into the realms of fantasy, they'd say, and conspiracy theory. Really, eh? Hmm. Did you see all the ones that Bill Gates and the group are releasing in Florida recently? All these different mosquitoes, eh? gene editing and all the rest of it. Eh? Well, it'll kill off the population of the female eventually by breeding with these infertile males and stuff like that. And this is what they tell you. I remember years ago, too, they ended up with dengue fever in Florida when they released a bunch of stuff years ago. And it comes back every year now. But again, that's a different story, even though you can verify it. It's not a conspiracy theory. See, you've got to you've got to put out conspiracy theories today. If, if you're not authorized, you know you're a professor of blah 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 at some university at the moment, with the most up to date current uh, topics, you know, at your fingertips, then you're nobody. And the beauty of modern life is you can change reality instantly. If you're one of them at the top, you can. You you've got the authority to. You won't be. You won't hammer you for doing it. For, for you know being wrong and then right and then wrong again. No, no, no. Anybody who attacks you for being wrong, right, and wrong again, they'll be attacked. You see, because they are nobody. They are nobody saying that about you. So are you surprised you're hearing such amazing things? There's never been a politicized time like we have today. But there's no thing, there's no such thing even remotely, remotely resembling any kind of democracy. And the, most of the public don't get that. They really do believe that the riots have had in the States and the protests, because they're two separate things that are mixed together here. And, and actually a few things above it too, which they don't even know about. It was all planned years ago, this kind of thing. Black Lives Matter and the decency to tell the public some years ago, at least some of the members, that they were basically um, Marxist. When they say Marxist, they're really even communist, you see. Uh, revolutionary, uh, Marxist revolutionaries, you see. And don't forget, in communism and Marxism and revolutionary, you always got to stir up um, emotional hype wherever you see it and, and get people on board with you. So get all the disaffected groups, even create disaffected groups that weren't really groups before, make them and then graft them onto your movement. And then, then obviously your, your army is much bigger than it was before. And you find that a few years ago, one of the leaders was uh, Patrice Cullers, or Cullers, 
a self-described mission to build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities and so and that they decided she started off as um she says that we affirm the lives of black, queer and trans folk, disabled folks, undocumented folks, folks with records, women and all black lives along the gender spectrum. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. We're self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women. You understand, they, they, a lot of these groups never existed before. And I do remember, uh, I told you people before, I met a a Marxist, really a communist um, organizer from Moscow, but he was from he was English from England, who went back and forth to Moscow for the latest stuff, and and he came to Canada with impunity. Nobody stopped him in customs and that, and and he went around the communist cells and gave them the updates. And he said back in the eighties that. Uh, they would bring all the different groups on board, all the, the sexual uh, uh, variant groups, put that way. And and they would build their numbers. And then when, when one group went out to protest something, they'd all come with them. They had Muslim communists with them too at that time. I remember that. And at the time, you'd actually see them in Toronto, for instance. Um, the same groups and the same people from different groups protesting, regardless of what the cause was at the time, it was always the same groups, and that's how you do it in these particular movements. But they're well funded today, mind you, by the people at the very top, because the people at the top have planned the future of the world, and everything else is just a way to get us to it. It's not meant to be logical or make common sense or anything else. It's meant to suit uh, those at the top. I mentioned before that the World Economic Forum is a good place to start. Uh, it wasn't the first part of their, of their movement, but uh, the guys who run it I'm talking about. But uh, these are the richest folk on the planet. And it's, it's good to, for me to see people actually following it. I've been talking about it for years. Whatever happens in the world is done because those at the top uh, permit it. Not just permit it, but actually organize and pay for it to happen. It suits their purposes. And the, the people who shift trillions and billions around the world every day in the stock markets, etc., sometimes three times or more times a day, it's all done for them by the biggest uh, money managers on the planet. Uh, that's who runs the world. And believe you me, if, if it suited them to go into some uh, uh, even pre-promiscuity society, if it really suited them, they'd make it happen. And they'd bring forth all these new people that would be youngsters, you see, who, who would testify to the joys of celibacy, etc., like millions of them. And they'd give you young ones, just always pick young ones. They, they coach young leaders and pay them awfully well and put them forth. They're really like little actors and actresses. Some of them were disaffected, mind you, and got chips in their shoulder. But those chips are well fed by the money boys at the top, Johnny chocolate chip cookies. And they, uh, they use them. And, and they get, but they get paid awfully well. Believe you me, you'll see little Greta, for instance. She, she'll she'll be probably in the, a multimillionaire before she's twenty, because she's made. She'll be made to be, you see. And you forget that these people and on websites, the WEF, one of the big things is creating future leaders. They pick them young, and the, the Club of Rome does the same thing. All the big foundations do it. Uh, you've heard about the, the, the Common Purpose Group in Britain. That was part of their job, too, was to pick youngsters and train them to be future leaders for all political parties. So they'd all really be the one party, 
And they've been doing it for years and years and years. And then you have uh, the schools, of course, getting incredible uh, indoctrination uh, systems set up for the children. Well, very perfected, really perfected systems. Not much of a chance of escaping. And that's how it's really run. And back then, I realized that those at the top ran all sides. Obviously, you've got to get change, the plan change, to control the world and, and guide billions of folk along the same path, thinking it's just evolving by itself. And most folk do. They really do think that everything just evolves by itself, you know. Bill Gates just came out with a system, which, of course, is, is a bit of a nonsense fairy tale, how it happened, but you, you go along with it. The whole world goes along with it. Uh, and they're all front people, as I've mentioned before. They're all front people, obviously. And uh, all the big names that you hear are front people. And uh, there's much, big organi- much bigger organizations behind them. And say the ones at the top don't work. They suggest things once in a while, and everybody else must make it happen. That's just how it's done. They don't have to fill in detail, including removing people. They never say remove so-and-so, they're a nuisance. They say, you know, so-and-so's been a bit of a problem. And, and things just happen. That's how the world's always been run. A few years ago, there were so many um, scientists involved in, in different labs and, and biowarfare type stuff uh, disappearing and having accidents. One year, about five or six of them all died, uh, falling over stairs and things and over banisters and down stairwells. And it's a terrible time for them. They're just so clumsy all of a sudden. And that these things really do happen, folks. Really, you know, it's like watching that movie, The Island, the one with Ewan McGregor, where rich people, ultra-rich folk, which isn't far removed from the truth, by the way, because they had the stories out back in the 80s that would soon be possible to clone whole human bodies. And then, oh, that'd be terrible. You would have artificial people or, you know, new types of people. And said, oh, don't worry about it. It would be for body parts. We wouldn't let them get, get to consciousness and so on. Well, that's really what the movie The Island was based on. And the richest folk on the planet had their DNA taken little samples and whole, whole bodies, perfect bodies, uh, were grown for them. Uh, only they were awake and, and they were taught, they were kept to be children, almost childlike uh, mentalities by very simplistic training and so on from, from, from you might call it birth. But they could grow them and uh, very quickly, about three years or so, into adulthood, which actually follows what the, the, the disclosed, that's where the movie all came from, disclosed scientific articles that were profuse a few years ago, how they could simply turn off the the aging cell, the, the, the time, thing, or speed it up if they wanted to. I can remember reading the articles at the time on the air, and uh, all the all stuff in the movie they could pretty well do. And we know that China has had one of their proponents out talking about it and, and getting a lot of heat for it. But he said that he had done it already years ago. So he won't be the only one. No country, um, no country, uh, since all countries really, the way that you're presented to, you're pretty well fictitious in this modern age. There's no country that wouldn't do the same thing, you see at the same time. And they do share the secrets up at the top. But in the movie, as I say, they kept them almost infantile. Uh, I feel like a mini, a mini world of infantile people who literally were kept in a very physical um, health regime, a healthy regime, 
uh, of diet and so on and exercise so that they were in prime condition so that when the, the people they've been cloned for, the richest folk, needed their organs or any organ, um, they could then harvest it, as they call it. Uh, and, and they told the people on the island, of course, the clones, that uh, it was a lotto. You get a lotto, and when your time was, when your number came up, you went off to, to at the big island, sort of thing, not knowing, no, that's the end of your life because you're, they're taking you in for a kidney or whatever it happens to be. And uh, it's well done because really it, it, it was referring to the whole system we're living in today. We're, we're, we're raised to be naive and, and dumb pretty well. Uh, we're raised on fiction, which is mainly fiction, uh, on television or whatever you're, you're watching all the time. It's fiction, 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 completely loaded with politically correct updates for, for whatever week you're living in at the moment. And, and people adopt these, these points of view uh, for them as for themselves. And, and you'll hear them parroting verbatim the, the, the indoctrination that they've had recently, word for word almost, and they, they take the opinions are given as well and everything without any deep thought on anything at all. Uh, so, yeah, we are the island in a sense. And uh, in Ireland, too, they, they mentioned that they could make the people live another uh, 40 years or, or 50 years with life extension, basically, using these techniques. And that's true. They can do that today, by the way. And they can make them live longer with the right medications and transplants, etc. I remember watching, I think it was the top, one of the top scientists in Israel at the time, giving a general talk, I mentioned this before, and he casually mentioned it, it was casual, and it was amazing with the audience, we're still all talking to each other, as though they had just come in the door or something, and he, this professor or whatever, he said that if you've got an extra seven million dollars, he says we can help you live to an, an ex, to 140 if you want. And that's really how it was done at the very, very top, and that's a fact. But that was even strange enough in the movie, about the same amount of time, uh, years as well. Be, uh, you know, 100 and, 140 or so. So you're living through fact is fiction and fiction is fact. And of course, even the movies get used to the idea, the, the trial balloons. And a lot of folk who watch movies well, see, you know, I wouldn't mind getting that myself. If I could. I'd do this. Have you probably heard people say the same things, haven't you, to your, throughout your life? Maybe. And you might be one of the people who are all for these things. You might say, well, you know, if I had the money, I'd do it too. And and you'd also see the top. I've heard, I've heard folks stand up for top politicians or crooks who got caught. And with their hands in the cookie jar, big time, like big time. And they say, well, well I'd do the same myself if, if I was not. And you, you, it gives you a little, give me a little start once in a while to realize that a lot of people think the same way. Corruption is a human thing, obviously, but the tendency to be corrupt. Uh, but today it's so prevalent with a, a completely, well, how can we say, a can change the moral society, all the old ideas of moralities have been thrown out the window. In fact, morality holds you back. You're not a winner if you've got certain morals, you see. And that's that's all part of your games that you see on television, where folks strip off and do stupid things. They compete with each other, and the folk that manage it all are looking at them and shaking their heads and laughing and making money off them. It's quite amazing. But anyway, that's what you're living through. So at least with Black Lives Matter, 
the the admits once in a while uh, that they're basically Marxist and, and for world communism, world without borders, all that kind of stuff. And it, it doesn't come out from them at all how we're going to finance all of this stuff, except the, a vague idea of everybody will, will, will share uh, properly and you know, you have your commissars that will make sure you get your proper quota of food or, or ration or whatever. I guess that's how they might. It's, I don't think they think too far, really. But at least this one, as I say, uh, she was in Black Lives Matter. She's one of the bosses there. And one of the founders, at least, um, Patrice Cullors. You'll see her up. Now we were talking about her talk a few years ago, where she said that uh, she was, she and another one, another one there too, uh, were organizers, Marxist organizers. They said that, now if they're Marxist organizers, they know how you set up the agenda to stir up trouble amongst people, to, to exacerbate and amplify the tri- any existing trouble, and then they jump and, and use all the different uh, crowds to get involved for their own purposes as a standard communist trick. But at least she admitted it. And, uh, and that's what you're looking at today. So believe you me, if the ones at the top, the people at the World Economic Forum, the thousands and thousands of ultra, ultra-rich families... Uh, that attend it and decide what the future is going to be, what, what money is going to be in the future, what kind of lifestyle you're going to have in the future. Very, very, you know, new future coming up too, by the way. Uh, it's the one that they published some years ago, been prattling on about austerity, population reduction, and um, who can breed and who cannot breed. There'll be for a little while a period where they'll, they'll give uh, little brownie points, little gold stars, for being goody-goody-good, and you might, if you serve the, the, the Marxist-type system of austerity, uh, uh, you, you might be given the right to, to breed at least one child. You see, that would be your, your reward. They actually had articles out quite some years ago about that, where bureaucrats and people who, who work for the system and make it all happen would get uh, the right to have at least um, one kind of copy, you might say, <laughs> of your, a child of you. Um, they never, never said anything uh, about uh, married, or uh, that's out the window, of course. But you get to at least have an offspring, and your progeny will go down through the future, being good Marxists for each generation, serving the ultra rich who will not follow Marxism because uh, they're all making sure that you'll follow it with austerity. That all came up. You understand we're living through nothing that wasn't planned a long time ago. There's no spontaneous anything. And Antifa, they said, they look for spikes in emotional troubles and, and any violence or whatever it happens to be, and they jump on the bandwagon, use the folk who are grieving, and use the crowds, foment the, the, the mass demonstrations, direct it, and use it for their own cause. That's, that's why General Franco really won in Spain in the, in the so-called civil war. It was really a, an overthrow by the communists. That's what was it, they were trying to do. And uh, if you read the articles in some of the books by George Orwell, who was in he, he, the, the, the wars at the time uh, in Spain, he said that like like most folk, you know, he'd been he'd been really brought into this idea of Marxism in a socialistic sense. He thought he thought like most folk, there again the, the lie and, and the use people. But he was taught in university this was a this is a thing of the future and to be more just society would come into being, etc. And the, he did definitely like many of the people at the time witnessed a massive um, poverty from the Great Depression. It continued right up until World War Two. 
in parts of Europe. Britain was awfully hard hit, and they had minor strikes and so on. Not strikes, but marches all the way down to London. To, to, to peaceful again, to ha- really peaceful. <laughs> they weren't burning and, and, and uh, destroying stores and so on, and looting. They were really peaceful. But there, was, there were big marches, thousands of people going down, to hand in petitions to Parliament. That's how it was done. And uh, it was a horrible time for people. He saw uh, the working class and how bad it was. And, and he himself was not working class, but he at least, I guess, felt their pain to an extent, as Bill Clinton would say. And he went off to Spain, thinking, thinking he could change it there too, you see. And the standard stuff, overthrow the church and overthrow the system and, and blah, blah, blah. Until he got there and, and he saw them uh, burning churches uh, Raping and and killing the nuns horribly too it wasn't it just executions it was they really want to make people they really have so much hate in them whoever targeted group at the time they have so much hate they want folk to really really suffer horribly and uh, and that's what he saw that really happened all through Spain and other countries too mind you and um, and eventually because he wasn't communist or Marxist enough you see. And because they list everybody in communism, everything's record-keeping, record-keeping that you wouldn't believe. And uh, he was on a list for extermination himself because they said he could be an enemy because he's not Marxist enough or communist enough. And he knows enough about us so that he might be a good speaker and, and be able to, so he could be a problem down the road that would take people away from the big movement. And uh, so they had him slay. That's why he got out of Spain eventually. But Castro himself uh, was brought in because of the chaos that was happening. You had all these different groups that all, again, were going to riot for a better tomorrow. And you had different kinds of groups too. You had syndicalists uh, that would take over factories or even farms and so on. And people would join it. Even farmers would join it thinking, yeah, let's all share and alike and share and share alike and do the work. And then we uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sell our produce to this other factory in, in, in this, so, or, or trade it, the goods for easy. So everything would get traded around by producers, and, and each, each real, real, and then there was real communism as opposed to centralized communism. That was the idea of the syndicalists, basically, and those who were a form of anarchism against the standard system. But they always ended up in chaos. And the communists turned on them and started killing them too. So Franco dealt with it in Spain. Otherwise, there'd be nothing left to Spain, but it's utterly chaotic and a mess, you see. In Spain, the communists did what they always do, which was to see where's part of you for people's rights and equality and all that. And so they, they use everyone else like a big mob to fight their battles for them as they join in too naturally. But they sit, you know, they don't, they don't take over completely in the beginning. They take note of everyone, all the other competitive parties that are on the go and use them because you need numbers. And once they think they're, begin, they're starting to win, they turn on everyone that's helped them, you see, and uh, kill them. That's what they do. They always do this. Uh, so whatever is the cause is what they jump on top of and say, yeah, we, are re- we really believe in this I mean, so, so terribly much and we won't be part of it all. And, and uh, they'll have the same slogans, they'll chant the same slogans as everybody else because it's awfully important. You're all, you'll start to think they're one. And then, of course, once they think they're, they're winning, they turn on everyone that's helped. 
in fact, they turn on the majority that's even done all the work and take over. That's what the Bolsheviks did. You forget that too. Same thing over and over again, the present time. It's part of their manual. <laughs> so it's quite amazing to, to live uh, or to, to study these things. Then watch all happening again. And yet, when you realize the evidence is overwhelming, it all comes from the top, as I mentioned before. Plato mentions it too. Nothing would happen from the grassroots and be allowed unless the elite wanted it to be so. And that's the truth of it. That really is the truth of it. Uh, those who think they're fighting a terrible system and are, and are really foolish enough or, or immature enough to believe that they're somehow winning uh, are lost souls. They really are lost souls. Because there's nothing that isn't managed from the very, very top and, and huge think tanks on behalf of those who already run the world, really. It was the ones at the top in the, in the WEF and all the CEOs of the massive corporations. Why do you think all the top oil producers, the big, big corporations, are all on board with sustainability and, and the reduction of what you're going to get and all the rest of it, or be able to buy, or fuel-wise, all that kind of stuff, austerity. They're all on board with it. They were the first ones that would be on board with it. I should give you a little clue, you know. <laughs> but it doesn't for most folk, really, especially the young folk. They always think they're on a, on a roll. Well, we're on a roll, you know. It's our time now, and we're running the world. Yeah, and everybody's terrified of us, you know, because they're being allowed to create a bit of terror at the moment. At the moment, and there's nothing. It's, I've never seen it so blatant as it is today. It's just astonishing, and then it didn't happen by itself. So, so we're so politicized on behalf of our masters to accept things that even high crime, high crime that happened long before this, even with with the thousands of young females that were getting picked up in Britain. And put on drugs, heavy-duty addictive drugs, then used for prostitution by incoming groups. And that's always all in the papers. There's nothing racist about it. It's facts, folk. And literally, it took for years. The establishment tried to cover up because everybody in the establishment knows that you can't touch this with a ten-foot pole. If you want to get your, keep your job and get promotion in the police or civil service or local council. And they all turned their back on thousands of poor young females. you got to understand what's going on here. You know? We're so politically correct, we, we couldn't save ourselves if, if we, our lives depended on it. And, and that might happen yet, by the way. Oh, it's all intentional. The ones at the top live in their own little, um, what's that movie where they had their own kind of island in space somewhere? And uh, if you really serve them well, you might get to visit it once in a while. Uh, that's pretty well the idea that they're on about. It's, uh, it's really astonishing to, to live through it all again, as I say, and, and you're watching it happen. And the youngsters literally think they're on a road, that they're making some difference here. It's their world, it's their future. Huh? It was the same, as I say, with, with, the, with the sexual revolution, promoted from the very top. And you had the, 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 the rock uh, music uh, revolution, too, the revolution, you see. The British invasion, they called it, too, for America. The highest authorities in, in the world that financed the whole system and entertainment created it, made it happen. The big machinery made it happen. And if it didn't suit those at the top, it would never have happened, obviously. I've said before, look at what the, 
if you look at Freemasonry, like like the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, you look at the Communist Manifesto. Most of the stuff is interchangeable. Don't forget Albert Pike wrote copiously about the system, and he had Mazzini, uh, the revolutionary, trained them to be a revolutionary, a world revolutionary, and say that turned into world communism eventually, the Communist Party. Uh, so it, it goes on and on and on, and Albert Pike didn't start at all. It was on the go before he joined, and you can find traces of it even Rosicrucianism, you know, in in France in the 1600s. But the the, the the idea was revolution, 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 and London, the city of London, financed all this kind of stuff too. And they set out people trained Freemasons into other countries across Europe, the Catholic countries especially. To bring them down and create their own selves, just like the communists later. The communists didn't come out of nowhere. Look at Trotsky's books, for instance. I'll give you a clue. He talks. He was he worshipped Freemasonry and and praised it to the to high heavens. And um, but yeah, you, you would understand. Freemasonry was no doubt about it. it was a revolutionary movement, massively so. And the reason they had all the passwords and signs and all the rest of the little secrets, as they call it, was because they had to lie to the general populace who didn't belong to their groups. Uh, the, the fact that their, their whole system was to take down society to rebuild it, you see? That's the idea. And, and you remake it and remake it. So communism and, and, and the, the Marx's uh, planks and the manifesto end the family unit, right? About the same time as free love, of course, you know, the end of the family unit. And there are guys, as I say, who like founders of the left wing, who were awfully rich, who worked for the, the richest folk on the planet. Like H.G. Wells, who was promoting free love again, about the same time as Marx was kicking off. And uh, they're all connected, all these different people, with the same ideas. Uh, the only problem is, at the time, was, was what do you do with unwanted offspring? Well, they didn't want a, a heavy population. It's quite fascinating to go into really understanding what was happening back in the 1800s. Because folk really misperceive what goes on, according to the, the ridiculous books that they turn out today for them. They say, oh, it's terrible, the system is, oh, the capitalist system is all horrible. And it was, it was <laughs> damned horrible. It's the same folk running it today, folks. They give you little revolutions and promote little people, little revolutionaries like, like Greta and so on, and use them all. But you've got to understand that nothing has really changed. H.G. Wells literally uh, foresaw a time when they could literally dispose of children. This great H.G. Wells, the great writer of science fiction, and he wrote a lot of non-fiction as well. He was quite open about it. He and many others too, by the way. And the eugenic societies, they're still on the go, by the way. And um, even some of the heroes in eugenics, you've heard about some of them, but Galton Darwin and all the rest of them. But do you know that uh, they're still on the go today? And really tight, you know, tied right in right in with the left wing, tied right in with it completely, with its elimination of the family unit and elimination of private property, for, for most folk, not for the ones that talk, of course, etc., etc. It is really 
the reduction in the population, the wrong kinds of... H.G. Wells, and others mentioned it too, it wasn't just they want to help the, the, the working class people. In fact, H.G. Wells hated the working class people. It was just too many of them. That, that's how the, the left wing was going to sort out, getting rid of the abundance of labour, but by uh, whatever it means possible to reduce their population and numbers. That was it, folks. That was it. It's astonishing folk never quite catch on, which is exactly what the top eugenicists wanted, and, and they were all part of the same club. I've even heard about people like Nikola Tesla. They, they go on and on about Nikola Tesla. Oh, the man was a genius. So take this genius status, and who makes folk into this, the stars huh, that you follow? That's why they call them stars. You follow them, and you adopt their opinions. Because they're geniuses, and you're not, you see. So I'll adopt that opinion. And so his opinion becomes my opinion. And that's why they give you, you follow the stars. It's, again, it's Freemasonic in a sense, you see the five-point star. But, uh, and same with the, even Hollywood, they give you, they never had stars before that. You, you had well-known people of, of, the, of the, the stage. But it wasn't a great profession. It was really kind of a lowly profession and kind of suspect at times too. But they made them into stars when Hollywood took over and... Uh, and of course, that really more than quadrupled their budgets and income, etc. But, but then they use them because people start to follow them. As, they follow the characters they portray without really knowing the people themselves. But, and then they use those people in the Council on Foreign Relations, like Clooney and so on, and Angelina Jolie and others too that they've picked. And the folks say, Oh, I know them. Yeah, they're famous and awfully rich. So I'll, follow, I'll follow what they say, you know. Why would you follow someone who portrays fictional characters? Huh? They, don't know, they don't even know who they are themselves half the time, you know? That's how actors and actresses really are. They're always attention-seeking. But they're all used. Everybody gets used for, for the following. The same with communism, as I say. And communism or anti-fair, any, any flavor that you want must always agitate and agitate. When you see a spike in violence or a spike in anything or emotions are getting going, uh, they jump on the bandwagon and then they end up leading it and then they end up domineering it and then they take it off in a different direction, which was their purpose in the first place. That's how it always works, folks. It really does. It, it's a well-oiled machine, it's been tried and tested over and over again. And it's all written in, as, as, as that uh, as woman said, she said, uh, trained Marxist organizers. They know this. They know what to do. And they, wait, they actually say in their manuals, they wait for the, for the emotional occurrences to happen, the spikes in violence or whatever it happens to be, and jump on the bandwagon. And they'll distort any truths anyway. It doesn't matter what, what's facts and what isn't anymore. And and uh, before you know it, you know, they've, 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 they've turned martyrs out of people too. And they, by the same token, the ones at the very top can make anybody a martyr. I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that. Hmm? It's not the first time that you. What do you think? What do you? And I really mean this. Eh? I used to. I used to think about uh, Remembrance Day and, and and so on. And in Britain, they have their their version of it too. So it was a cold time that they have it in Britain. And they're all standing there with their muffled coats on and they're, they're, they're believing they all fought for something that was good. Even though many of them, they were dying off from World War II and were questioning what they fought in the first place according to what happened to Britain. <laughs> really, come on. And, and Because obviously the, those in charge of Britain had a completely different future plan than, than the folk who fought it. 
to preserve it, uh, ever, ever dreamed of. But you also get the different cenotaph. Uh, they go and get, put, their, put their wreaths there and so on, and their poppies and yada yada. But you also have, in every country, they've got the unknown soldier. It's a kind of afterthought, you see. Because a lot of folk were blown to bits, and there wasn't a bit of them left. Or they were so destroyed by massive shelling, etc., or just rotting, unfortunately, in the battlefields, World War One, especially. And two had his good share of it as well, that whole scenario. But anyway, so that they would get this idea. It could be an empty coffin for all we know, but, but they make a, a big move. This is, a, this is Joe Average, whoever, whoever this Joe Average was, you know. And they make a big deal of fighting for their country and, and that kind of thing. It's it's sad that they can make almost and again it's apotheosis. You make godhoods out of people. I mean, make gods. They they rise and they become gods, just like the old emperors of Rome did. You know, even Constantine. Constantine. Yes, he adopted the Christian idea at the time, but because it was still new, newish, and he was you know indoctrinated into the Roman system, he also built his own little area for his, stat- his own statue as a god, you see, he would become a god as well. Which is quite a good ambition, I suppose, if, if, if you don't have many, many things to look forward to, you can become a god, I suppose. And uh, and that's how things, are. you're watching it happening today in modern times as well, really. I always think of that old song, Heroes and Villains, you know. They give you heroes, they make them into heroes, and then they give you some good people to turn them into villains. It's back and forth like that. That's how easy it is to manage our, our thoughts and our minds by propaganda. We had quite a few years, I mentioned it before, it's so important to remember, never forget, where folk had turned and tuned out of, of the regular media. They were so sick of getting no news at all. Uh, with the death, basically, of, of active travelling journalists, you see. Uh, and, and the politicization of everything. Everything would be so PC since the Leveson Inquiry in Britain that came out with the new statutes for journalists and they did the same thing done in Australia and elsewhere. Until all they could do, they, they were so scared of having lawsuits against them eventually or, or getting fired. All they can do is politically correct stuff until their propaganda, really blatant propaganda arms for those, on behalf of those who own them, basically. Really sad, isn't it? But folk had tuned out, and they and, and have it so badly that, that even with their very short, small discounts to buy their a subscription to their news, most folk weren't doing. They're so sick of it. Why bother when most of it is going to be uh, regular handouts anyway by by the, the, the free ones, the same stories, and and also folk were sick of celebrities. That's all you had for this. Celebrities are not news. It's made up fakery. I mean, totally. It's a star machine again, eh? It's total fakery. It truly is. There's nothing more fake than show business. That's what it lives on. It's a show. It's not real. It's a show. And before buy into it, but and who cares about what so and so has done? Uh, you know, and, and the women from that they put on the newspapers and so on, they're, they're hardly anything on. Um, they don't walk around or say anything. They just flaunt things. That's how the word flaunting comes in. What, what they're flaunting? Eh? That's news, is it? My, is that news? 
They felt tuned out. They were so sick of it. And they made hay immediately with the COVID. Oh, my God, terror, terror, terror. And I've gone through the stories. I won't go back over them, except to say that they were given permission when to, to, to get unleashed on the general public by those at the very top, the World Health Organization, and, uh, again, the World Economic Forum, they, they were told to, to terrify the public, including, literally, uh, with, with the behaviourists and psychologists brought on board in Britain. They admitted it, that they were given, and the papers admitted that they were given handouts where the, the, where the journalists were told to write things in such a way that they might have to really increase the tension and or fear amongst the public to get them to comply. This is warfare, folks. And it hasn't stopped. And they're on a, but they're on a roll now. Suddenly, folk are tuning in every day to find the news in case you miss that little bit of information that might save your life, like a horror movie. That's what I say. And you'll watch horror movies to the end because you get involved in it. You you project yourself into the roles, and if you, and if you turn away, you might miss that one thing, that, 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 and you get eaten by the dinosaur. You see, that's what happens. Same idea. It's very simple, but but yeah, tune in tomorrow. And we'll update you with the latest the latest breaking news. On COVID, should you take this or should you not take this? Uh, and they give you they give you about ten different versions of the same thing. Oh my God, you don't know what to do. And the, the whole country and the whole world gets locked down pretty well, right? pretty well. Mm-mm-mm. Except some African nations they ignored it completely and they seem to be fine. They seem to be fine. And the testing stuff—it it was a joke. It still is a joke. <laughs> Fake positives, fake negatives, just toss a coin in the air, you know. If you really want to go that route, just toss a coin. And now, of course, that the maybe maybe the, the, the right did looting and the protesting as well. These are different groups, again, often mixed together. as <laughs> kind of dying down a little bit and losing readership and news. Then uh, they're right back to COVID again, did immediately. But COVID is such a, a political virus, it, it can switch itself off uh, because no one's arresting anybody that goes off to, to, to protest or what, and, and including all the ones who are forcing it upon the people, the, the different governors of different states and some, some leaders of countries, they, they were out protesting as well, shoulder to shoulder. When you see such rubbish getting pushed to the... Don't, why are you following anything that they tell you? Why do, why do you follow anything that they're telling you? Hmm? Remember, I, I said this from the beginning. Fauci and others, from the very beginning, because it was pre-planned, done, it was not spontaneous. Uh, and was, uh, folk, have, folk do have short memories. They really do. Right? Hmm. But don't forget, it was planned years before. Reiterated at least one year before it all broke out again. This uh, a so-called pandemic. Um, they changed the rules for pandemics too, for even classifying it by, by throwing any figures to make it a pandemic out the window. Didn't need it anymore. Just a statement of it is enough. Because it was planned that way. Because this is, this is the big push. This is the revolution they're going through on behalf of those who own the planet. Not, not these little kids in the streets. They're swagging around thinking, yeah, we're now in charge. You know? It's the folk who own the planet. The folk who buy and sell the grain of every country and flog it across the world instantly, back and forth, you know. And can withhold it from a nation, say, oh, they've been bad and let's, let's, let's make them suffer. 
These are the folk that all your money goes to, no matter what you're spending it on. They they own it. They own your they they own your governments. They're all in the payrolls. They all get big donations, you know, like thousands and thousands. And, and every politician, when they retire from politics on their meager salary, is a multimillionaire. It's just a coincidence. So. Everything is a show in modern life. Everything is a show. Years ago, I gave the talks on prepared speeches. Every leader of anything, even the police forces, have prepared speeches. They're public relations spokespeople. When you hear that, you're listening to propaganda. That's what it means, public relations. You see? Otherwise, you, you could ask anybody in the police force what they think about it. Oh, I can't tell you. You have to go to the public relations officer. And and they'll spin it for you. Well, you know. And so you you, you walk away with this kind of half-baked, wishy-washy statement. You, you can't wait to figure it out. You're not meant to figure it out. That's how it's done. So you're living through a huge agenda. This is this is it, folks. This isn't a preparation for what's to come. This is the complete push, the push for the whole new world economic forums, uh, new society, as I want to call it, into austerity. I gave all the talks years ago at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, remember? And uh, I went through all in detail, and, and real good detail and depth from the sources themselves, and what they were going to bring in, and, and what they wanted, etc., the kind of society they would build. And, and they would use everything, sustainability, folks, Maurice Strong, sustainability, who was picked up by the Rockefellers as a youngster, supposedly groomed, for his position in, in helping rule the world. <laughs> And they put him in charge of oil fields to show him the business, how it works. The same thing as George Bush was given. He was taken off to to um, Kuwait, where his daddy had set, had helped to set up the oil fields there years ago in the family businesses, etc. And little Georgie was given charge for a little while to find out how it was all run. That's what they do. They say, oh, we'll put you in charge of some, a few oil fields and so on and let you know how the world really works and and all that kind of stuff, you know. And then they, they meet the people who who meet the, who decide the prices, what the value of the currencies of the World Bank, and the International Monetary Fund, and the Bank for International Settlements. Oh, it's a big club, and it's a fact. It is a big club, and I mean it. It's a club. Uh, it was set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a private organization, from the CFR group type. And before that, they were they they were a, a, a covert group that went around the world. Um, grabbing all the resources of the world under Lord Alfred Milner. And they put their own people in, in charge of countries as deterrent governor generals, etc. The same power as the king or the queen. Uh, but yeah, they, they grabbed all the resources. The, 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 the empire for them was grabbing resources for themselves and, and, and the private corporations at the top. Nothing to do with going across. Let's 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 bring civilization to the poor people here, there, and everywhere. Nothing, that that was just propaganda for the general population who would be given the the price, the, the tab for the cost of all. And that's that's how things really work. Nothing has changed. Everything has to be made palatable through public relations or propaganda for the public to swallow. You know. 
And that's why he went to war with the Boer War, so that so the ones in the city of London could grab the diamonds and the gold supplies of South Africa. And that's a fact, you know. Nothing's changed. It really hasn't changed. So they set up their own, let's, let's create a world government embryo. So they set up a League of Nations that became the United Nations, and they, and they still run that behind the scenes. Uh, let's set up a World Bank, you know, uh, private, we'll own it. Uh, let's set up the International Monetary Fund, which is like the collect- collection agency for the loans that have been given out. And they'll also manage the governments that failed to, to pay back the interest and so on. And so we'll send officers in who then manage the country by slashing all the social programs. That's how the IMF operates. And then they have the, 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 the Bank for International Settlements, the big one. That's going to be made more and more prominent, especially now. This is the time for it. It was always set up to eventually um, be the final arbiter of all currencies. And they'll decide where you live or die as a nation by devaluing your currency according to their standard or increasing it if you're very goody-goody-goody and they plan to, to live in your country for a little while. That's how it works, and most folk never figure it out. But the British Empire was a private corporation system. Yes, it was. And I'll tell you, there's nothing different, to, from, from my point of view, from that and uh, the, the attempt at uh, Russian or Soviet communism system. That's an also all corporation. Everything's a corporation, folks. Running the same thing. There's a group at the top that run it all, who benefit from it all. Uh, as they tell you, that you're all equal. Or, or like Britain, you're fighting for a, a good cause to bring civilization to the world. You know. <laughs> What's the difference is they fill their pockets at the top. There's no difference. Marx was right in one thing. He, he did say that all, all wealth comes from labor. Oh, making things, producing something. All wealth is based on the, the products, etc. But the things that they didn't mention that those at the very top would end up getting, getting all the profits of, the, of your labor, etc. We won't call it that. We'll, we'll redefine the meaning of that. You see that you can't make a profit off labor. So we'll redefine it. And, and they did. That there's no end to the ingenuity of corruption in the crooked class. There's, there honestly isn't. And sure enough, they, they, they get, what do you think the university degrees are that, are, that do with public relations? It's to teach folk to be better liars and to use things like statistics to, to convince and lie to the public or, or to get gain from some whatever it is they're after. You know? Did you know that 5% well, agree with this or 95%? agree with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's all conology. And that is the, the real degree is conology, you see. A good con man or woman is really worth their weight in gold, at least, at least to gold, maybe even platinum, to those at the very top. They employ the best ones at the top. They have amazing minds that sit there and you know, our, our so-and-so, our, our, our God so-and-so, whoever the, the character is above them on a higher level, wants this to happen. It's up to us to make it so. 
and they, they sit there in the scheme. But how would the public accept? Well, the public won't notice them. We'll, we'll convince them it's really something else. Call it, call it. They have whole programs, especially the changing of names, that really confuse you until you, you can't figure it out. And when you can't figure it out, you just give up. And then it sort of sails ahead. That's how everything is really run today. It's quite fascinating, really. It is fascinating. It's, it's like years ago, even in, in the, the times of Shakespeare, I mean, he introduced thousands of new words into the lexicon, basically, the English language. And you have to say, to yourself, oh, what, what was the reason for it all, etc.? Well, one was, yeah, standardizing a, a language, because England, like Scotland, had many different dialects, until some dialects could hardly understand the folk next door to them, because folk didn't travel much. Their brain was going to be in the same system, mind you. With uh, the lack of mobility, that's part of the World Economic Forum's plan for opening up society after COVID or even during COVID. They don't want COVID to ever go away, you understand? In fact, it's not going to go away. According to them, it's, it's not real to start with, so it doesn't matter. With that kind of fantasy, you can, you can make it stretch forever. And they've even said, too, uh, they're going to bring the, uh, the contact tracers were planned before COVID broke out. The, how they would do it with apps, etc., on, on phones was already planned before it broke out. The folk who would get the contracts was already planned before it broke out. I'm not surmising here, you know. I've been through it all before. And, uh, yeah, you're living through a plan, you see. It was planned before it all supposedly broke out. And they don't plan on just unlocking it. They said at the start... Little Foxy Fauci, who has got his fingers in a lot of pies, but believe him, he's just too compromised to, to be believable. And he said, you know, life will never be the same again. Exactly what was said when 9 11 happened. Life will never be the same again. That's a, that's a very important statement. It's like Bill Cooper at one time he mentioned, because in revolutions uh, with uh, the Freemasonic type that happened in France and uh, in, in the translations, uh, they always give code words and little phrases out before they start it for all our members to pick up on, you see. And one of them, I think, was now is the hour of the times. Now is the hour of the times. And that's how you, you launch things. World War II is similar. Uh, when they gave code words out to the French uh, resistance by the BBC radio from London. And they'll give out different ones every night for different uh, groups uh, that would be fighting uh, against uh, occupation. So really, uh, yeah, this, this is standard stuff. But you go back even, you know, into history, and you, you'll find there were movements started in the 1700s and 1800s of people who were dissecting the meaning of a lot of new words and so on, because there were such obvious cons by those in the so-called secret societies. Now, don't go into, oh, it's conspiracy theory. It's a fact that names for them, and, and for the actual particular theory in itself, because Pike himself said it, we, we never speak so, so plainly as Masons. When in com as when in company amongst non-Masons, is what he's referring to. It's just that the non-Masons can't pick up the, 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 mean the meaning that they're giving out to their, to their own brothers, you see. That's how things really are. And there's color-coding ones as well, and there's numbers, numerology, because that, that goes in Kabbalah as well, you know. 
And it goes way back into ancient times with, with the numbers. The whole idea of numbers is a language. You see, awfully important. The Chaldeans that were used by the Romans in their war in the Middle East. I'm getting distracted. In the Middle East, um, they, they actually hired Chaldeans and, and Jews who would, because they had alphabets for numbers. Every letter has a number. And they'd mark them on sticks as couriers, and they'd send them off as runners to, to other regiments and so on, or centurion groups. And, and they, they'd another Chaldean that would read it on their end as, and translate it for them. Uh, basic cryptology. Yeah. Fascinating in a sense. But again, what I'm saying is, uh, the whole system is cryptology. You, what you're taught uh, is regarding the system you're, you're living in uh, is cryptology. It's not nothing to do with it, what you're being taught at all. It's not real like that. It's not real like that. I've said back in the 90s, uh, I said, other folk have picked up on it too recently, <laughs> again, that they'll say that uh, if, if voting worked for the general public, it would be made illegal. It would get banned. The reason it's not banned is because it's, it doesn't work for you. It doesn't. And the folk who get in are pre-picked anyway, according to Carl Quigley, regardless of the party that they're involved in. The leaders and the, little, the few folk around the leaders are all pre-picked because they belong to the same one organization. It doesn't matter whether they're left wing or right wing. And I must admit it. I mean, I've got one of the books, I've got a few books from the meetings, the international meetings they'd have when the Rockefeller Foundation paid uh, for the meetings across different countries uh, for their annual meetings for the what became known to the general public eventually as the Royal Institute for International Affairs and Cancer and Foreign Relations Group. Before that, they had a covert names. And, and again, they often just went under, oh, it's a round table society, you see. But Rockefeller would pay for them. I've got quite a few of their books. And in the 1930s, they went through the whole scenario, even into the future beyond now, in fact, uh, to the rise of China and how China would eventually become, after America failed, and America would eventually fail, by the way, that's what they said. Because they use every every people until you're you're bankrupt and and they've wrung every bit of cash out you like a sponge, and leave you a massive debt and they move on to the next one. So China would be set up to, as a big superpower of Asia, and that was unthinkable back in the thirties. My God, no, China could never become a superpower. They didn't have the technology, they didn't have the training, university systems, and so on. No, we, we, we made it all for them eventually, for them, and built them up. And your own governments, because um, they were told to, uh, supplied education for them. And then we, we gave all the, the, the factories to China. They didn't steal it. China didn't steal anything at all. It was all given to them on behalf of, your, of those who rule your countries. You've got to stop thinking that you're living in a, a country where folk really care about you. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You've got to stop it. You've got to really stop that. Look around you. Look, look at what's turned into the countries they thought were your countries. You know. Look at them. Until you, you, you come right into what marks a, a borderless world, right? And what Marx wanted was exactly what the Royal Institute for International Affairs wanted. Just coincidence, eh? The richest folk on the planet that ran an empire 
wanted the same thing. What? It must just be a coincidence, eh? Huh? <laughs> they never figure it out, do they? They never, never ever figure it out. I remember saying years ago, that Vietnam, why on earth was the U.S. sent off to Vietnam? Think about it, folks. Hmm? I mean, you had the communists inside America at the time, in the universities, already teaching Marxism and communism. Think about that. Think about it. Why would you go to another country that you can't even really identify with at the time and fight it there? It was, it was a different reasons altogether. And part of it was to also break the system in the, in the U.S. itself, obviously. But it's another way to look at things, you see. Like the elite, this is how they always do it amongst their own. They bring them in that are going to work for them. And they'll say, look at it from this point of view. And it's, it's always a way that, you're, that by nature you would ever, well, generally not have stumbled on yourself. But they'll say to, they'll say to you, what, what, what run, how is Vietnam today? Well, back then, it was, it was a whole, there was dozens and dozens of small tribes all vying with each other for power. That had been for centuries in that area, in that region. And the North Vietnam uh, tried over over history, uh, historically true for and accurate for for for, for their, uh, keeping their histories. But the the northern one often it was a different name they gave it, and would often be tried to be an empire builder down through history. You see. So if you want to do what, 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 what is it the World Bank wants? What is it the communists want? What does those who run the world finances want? The same thing. Centralize the government and bring it into Then you can really manage it and organize it and rule it as you wish, you see, and guide it along this and then give it the same education system, the same everything, until folk all just obey and do what they're told as one people. Well, how do you do that? How do you make You get, bring an enemy in. If it's just themselves fighting each other forever, it's not going to work. It's just a continuation of what happened down through history amongst them, different tribes fighting. So you bring in an enemy which they can't identify with from the West, and, and they go at it. And suddenly, for the first time, all sides can say, wait a minute, what are these foreign devils doing? Any? And they unite eventually against them. Perfect. Isn't that great strategy? Huh? Except for all the poor suckers that were sent over thinking they're fighting for some decent thing against this terrible communism. Eh? So, they, so they end up leaving basically a united Vietnam with centralized government and the great indoctrination. China loves them too now because now they're basically a subsidiary of China to a good extent. And it's much easier to get whole nations if you if you if you stop getting out of the tribal mode, finding each other, and sectarian mode, finding each other religious wise or otherwise, until they all corp- and do what they're told by a centralized. Then it's easy. Then just add it to the, the whole collection for the world, until you have a collectivized, centralized authority for the whole planet. That's what it's about, and that's why the WEF, who own all the resources and all the financial systems and everything else, and they own your governments. That's what they have. That's what they. Want. On, folks, and they own the communist. What you would think is the communist party of today, the neo-communists. <laughs> they own it all, and it suits them at the top. It's an old plan, old plan. Absolutely. It's a saying that every dog has his day, you know. Because dogs, but you, you see the idea of even the cartoons they used to have. 
your dog, a dog would want to think, I'm a big dog, Eden's a tiny one, I'm really big and I'll be a boss one day. And everybody gets their chance, you see. And everybody gets used. Everybody gets used. It's quite something. Old techniques, old Machiavellian techniques that are now on steroids with the technologies and abilities to manipulate the public opinion and minds pretty well instantly overnight on a mass scale worldwide at the same time. That's power, isn't it? That is power. Quite something. I can remember, as, as an example, when going to high school, and it was the first week or something at high school, and there were some young students, uh, maybe been student uh, helpers or something, or, or temporary students, but I know one or two of them came in, these young fellas, and they're having a chat in the classroom. And at that time, of course, they thought they were going through a revolution, and a left-wing revolution for whatever it was. For all the good causes, you know, the left wing, was always, they always give you good causes, and, you, and it's always for a better tomorrow and a utopia and fairness and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, and you saw, you had all the examples of it eventually. Once, once the Soviet Union supposedly fell, they didn't fall; they just moved on. That's what Gorbachev said too to the Politburo in his speech. He said, "We're moving it out, out, out into the world now to the next phase." With it, with the cooperation of the West, of course it was the ones who ruled the West. Anyway, these these teachers were there, and, and they're saying, "Yeah, yeah, it's our time now." And, and just just like you see the Antifan. It's our time now, he said, they were saying to themselves. And they, they were, of course, they had gone through college and teacher training, and they come out as good, good little communists. And, um, and they talked about how they were using the power of music then, too. And, and one of them said, you know, he, his favorite was Dusty Springfield. And, uh, oh, yeah, and then they had a little debate and argument about um, who's the better type, Dusty Springfield, and, and the Springfield group at the time, I think that, uh, or... or um, Sandy Shaw, you know, and, and they, they they get kind of hostile towards each other. They instantly form groups. I, I'm I'm all for Sandy Shaw, and not, not Dusty Springfield's got a better voice. And yaddy, they they literally thought that in, in this day of Bob Dylan, you know, and revolution, you know, the time is the era of changing idea. They literally thought they were part of it, and it was theirs. They really did think that. I knew better. I was all younger than them. I knew better. I says, come on here. Don't they know? Don't they know that <laughs> these are all picked people to, to help change society on behalf? I, I knew it then. It was obvious to me. The BBC at the time, only at that time, only ever recruited the people on television and who worked in the higher level of jobs and for television too, not even necessarily on camera, they were all from Eton at one time. That, that's how rigorous it was. The same places they would pull their, pull for their intelligence services for MI5 and 6. Because, because you control people's minds through whatever propaganda you're going to give and whatever entertainment you're going to give them. So he, he, here's the, your British government's system, the government system giving you top of the pops and things like that, with the, with the infamous Jimmy Savile, where groups the groups that were suddenly and suddenly famous with the big famous making machine you see the big machine that makes you famous, who went on with no leads no guitars or anything at the time. For, you wouldn't even have time to set up honestly if you had the real gear there, and they'd mime and but the teeny boppers didn't know, 
Uh, and it was all for the sexual revolution as well. So you have sexual, re- don't forget the words, revolution where it was used. Sexual revolution. What do you think that is? Did, did you see people in the streets say, we demand to have sex? No, you didn't have that. Folk had always had sex. It just depends on the context that you had it, you know, and, and what you did with any offspring about it. That's, that's what it was about too. But someone else at the very, very top was promoting a new system. Sex, drug, and rock, rock and roll, eh? Sex, drugs, and roll. And that's what they give you. And actually, you aren't going to think too straight if you're, you're on drugs. And uh, you won't make good decisions in any possible way. And it was well, well put out there and tested upon the public. And it worked awfully well. It did work awfully well. But it, it was amazing to, to hear the people thinking they're part of some revolutionary movement, you know. Yeah, it's our music, you know, like like the Who talking about my our generation, my generation. Yeah, the, the, it was all put out by show business on behalf of those who ruled to make youngsters think they were part of something, and that it was their movement. Oh, it's our time now, you know. <laughs> Quite something. Eh? Quite something. But most folk never catch on. As say, Plato said it, he said it, nothing, everything that, that in society was so rigorously managed and detailed and recorded in society, even in ancient Greece. He said that um, even anything to do with music or plays as well, and that plays mandated that they had to go. You had travelling troubadours and plays that would go around the different Athenian provinces and islands, and get performances and get paid by the state to do it because this is before Christianity. A lot of it, remember, and and uh, when Christianity had its early passion plays, like like religious plays, uh, Rome had other plays that were doing with emotions and, and systems and all the rest of it. Uh, and they were mandated, they had to be performed, and everybody had to attend to watch it, because plays, just like movies today, really, really affect society. Oh my, did you see so-and-so? What do you think of that then? And your emotions get played with like crazy if it's a good a good play or a good movie. And uh, and you come away with opinions that, that the creators wanted you to have. And, and Plato knew this, and he says everything has to be authorized from the top including youngsters at that time, putting up music back then. He says, because music can, can either uh, create revolutions. This is, this is you know, thousands of years ago. You know. Over a thousand years ago. A two thousand, over 2,000 years ago, what I'm saying. And, um, and that, that's what he said. And he said, he says, we have to keep a tab on them all, like, like what, an eye on them. He says, and literally license them. Because they can, they can form, help foment revolutions. And that's how, how strictly guided the whole thing was and monitored and managed, you see. There's nothing to, we don't, we're doing today that we didn't know back then. Except today it's much more perfected. And the, the, your, and the studies upon the human mind and how you'll behave and react are so well predictable, uh, predictably managed actually by those who, who put the stuff out for you. And, and the instant feedback they get on everything to see if something's working on your mind. So probably there's oh, so many thousands omitted today that they, they would probably go this way too or do that. It's, it's very predictable and very accurate. Uh, 
because folk don't think for themselves. Even when when street theatre, big street, I don't mean massive street theatre, is, is being managed in front of your eyes. So yeah, yeah, you had sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and then you have that. that what came out of it was well, how can you deal with all these these unwanted pregnancies? Well, then you have those, let's start financing. That until literally you have no responsibility for anything left. The, the state will take care of everything, you know. So whatever you do, it's and then the state will come back on you. Well, you already pay for all this now. You you all do this, and you you so we're to pay for it all. You've all had to pay for it all, including those who are not even taking part in it. I mean, so that's that's how it works. Everybody gets used. It's, it's quite astonishing to live through it and watch it happening. And then listen to the reasons that people who who have been used give you. They, they parrot their indoctrination. It's just astonishing, really astonishing. But it's, it's all theatre. When Gorbachev, right, the head of the Soviet Union, was launched with with a remake, a total makeover for the, the West. Who did they get to parade Gorbachev around as a new Soviet, a trendy Soviet? Eh? Before and it's true. Before they used to have uh, dull clothing. Again, it was it wasn't it wasn't proper communism to have bright colours and things. You were serious and drab and all that, and that's how it was portrayed. And um, so, so here you have Gorbachev with, with custom, you know, really well made suits, made to measure, tailor made, and blue and other ones. They very good materials and oh, reeking of wealth. Oh, it was a trendy communist. And his wife too was introduced. Okay, who 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 did he tour around the West? Whose arm was it? Margaret Thatcher, the supposed right wing capitalist, takes him around the world and brings him to Britain. And they pre-planned it. They pre-planned, and so this was admitted to eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Uh, that the media would, would have access to little interviews with Gorbachev and his wife, as long as they didn't ask him any personal or political questions. And so you, you, you found from his wife, for instance, yeah, yeah, people in Moscow, can, can, they can walk in off the street into a place to have a facelift if they, they wanted. I was like, wow, isn't that wonderful, eh? Things like that, and uh, but yeah, Maggie Thatcher, that the, the, the right winger, brought him into the world, and then, and again, and she toured over to the states with, and, and met Reagan, and and they're all pals together. The new Soviet system, you see, and you think it's all different, and it's all like loggerheads with the <laughs> who's kidding who, <laughs> who's kidding who. The people who, 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 and the families that are at the World Economic Forum are the ones who made and still make the money of all kinds of wars, real and cold wars, hot wars and cold wars. They make, they make the money off all. And they made fortunes out of the Cold War. Oh, they're going to, we need new missiles. The, the Soviets have got one that's five miles faster than our one, you know, and, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Great business it was, but we, we truly, we truly, we're all used. We're all, all darn well used, all of us. If you've had your your basic indoctrination at school, you've been, you've already been used. You've come out, 
like Old Lucky Man, that, 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 that kind of satirical movie in, they did in Britain, uh, believing, oh, well, the world's really good and proper, I'll work hard and I'll get ahead and all the rest of it. No, no, look at it today. The top capitalists are saying, oh, no, we've got to have quotas of people. And, 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 and you know, you might be in the bottom heap here because uh, here's a new normal just come in, you know, and, and here's a new recent rules for it, et cetera, et cetera. It's already happened, actually. So don't ever believe that you're, you understand at all unless you've really studied it and went into it in big, in great. Whatever you do, don't follow anything. Whatever you do, you beat, you'll get used. You'll get you. I gave talks years ago on, on all the stings that were set up by government agencies and, and intelligence. Catch, catching young guys, stings for terrorism. Guys who literally, they might have chewed the fat, as they say, on what they like to do in like an infantile way, but it was all talk, 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 until the agencies come along, set them up with the means to do it, although we're often fake stuff, uh, and then guide them on what to do. Then they, then they grab them and arrest them. This is what most of these things are. And young guys, uh, who probably would never have thought of in their lifetime themselves in, in reality, and certainly wouldn't have done anything, Arrest and then they're used as, as number one. You know, our, our agencies have caught so many of these terrorists this year, and every country is doing it. Every country. I remember the head, one of the heads of one of the top intelligence agencies in Britain, came out and said, "This is this is this is this isn't good. This is actually this isn't just entrapment. It's, it's fomenting the problem, creating it." And of course, it was. It's meant to be. The whole world's a stage already, isn't it? And believe you me, um, unless you're on the big act at the top there, you're, you're, you're not even a player. Huh? You're not even a player. And, and it's sad. It's so sad that everybody gets used and abused. And if you ever learn too much uh, getting used, when you're getting used... Uh, you, you better be careful because if you don't, if you know too much, they might come after you about their internal workings, and you, you've actually worked for them, fomenting trouble or revolution. You know, for, for for a better tomorrow. You can't have it today, but you get better tomorrow. And the whole world's destined because it's planned this way to go into a massive financial depression. Not for those at the top. They, they simply rebalance all uh, and the costs of the, and the values of everything. The reset is like to call it the, the World Economic Forum. And uh, they lose nothing. Believe you me. But everybody else is going to go into real forced austerity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it'll be for the good of the planet. And they'll give you the commissars, all these young, often young women, actually. It seems to be the favorite ones, is they? Who'll be the ones who'll dictate to you how much you can eat that week, you know? How much lettuce you can get. And what a bad crop this year, so hey, more Brussels sprouts for you, eh? Mm-mm-mm. I'm not kidding you here. Yeah, it's comical, but it's the truth. It's the truth, eh? <laughs> And you wait and see it. You wait and see it too. How they ran the Soviet system was they, they killed off all the little farmers. You, you, you might, I don't know if they still have clips out there, but they used to have um, 
little documentaries of the, the Soviets going after farmers who in the early days didn't want to give up their farms for the collective system, you see. Uh, because after all, maybe they, they, they and you're talking about little little houses, uh, very little houses, the, the ones they have in Scotland, like single story houses. And there'd be a farmer holed up there because he wasn't going to give up his farm that his dad and grandfather had helped build uh, so they could have their half dozen cows or whatever in a field or two. Uh, so here they are, the Soviets were going to take it all off them for the, for the greater good. And these people literally would have a standoff with them. And the Soviets would go and bomb them out, put the grenades in and kill them anyway. But once they'd, they'd done a lot of that, uh, they, they started to, they went into a starvation. Pro- the, the, the Soviets were selling off grain from the Ukraine. Stalin was, you know. Well, they were starving the Ukraine. They were selling... They're starving the rest of the country too, but Ukraine big time. But Ukraine was a breadbasket for the Soviet Union for a long time, even before the Soviets took over. That's part of the reason they took over. And then they took the, the, the means of production off them, including all their plows and everything away from them, and took all their food off them, and including their seed for next year, and starved them to death. Millions of them. Because they say it's well over six million. And you'll see that you can still see clips of video. If you, st- you if folk who can't stomach looking at reality of the past uh, are, are, are dangerous. They're dangerous because they'll help foment the same thing coming again. And I'm quite serious about it. Because those at the top always use the same techniques over and over and over. Like a pendulum, as they call it. That's what they say in masonry to us. Well, life's like a pendulum. It happens all by itself. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's made to happen that way, on behalf of those who own it. So you you have um, you had a, a, a basically a country that was going to starvation at the time in the Soviet Union, and then it's replanting on mass lots of potatoes, the standard stuff, potatoes, 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 and. They started to get what they called a beetle. They called it the Colorado beetle. You see, potato beetle. And it must have been the U.S. that put it there, right? Immediately started that stuff. Well, you only see it with your brave new world here, when you're all forced to eat nothing but the, the modified vegetables, you know? that the, the, the usual famous name is own and so on. And uh, and then they'll have the same thing happen. Oh my, we didn't realize there was a new beetle just broke out here and you're going to starve this week, I'm afraid. Yada, yada, yada. You, know, you see all the same stuff again as you get trained and trained and trained into utter, utter austerity. It's for the good of the planet to look at the bright side. If you're not eating that much, you see, uh, then, then nature's going to start recovering better from, from man's interference of what has done in the past and, and be more sustainable then because we'll all die off of starvation. There you go. Look on the bright side. Well, you know, it's for a better tomorrow. And this is the kind of stuff you get taught over and over and over again by those who really rule the world. And yes, the world is really, really ruled. Do you think for an instant that those who own all the property and own the think tanks and own your governments and send them off to war and grab resources, do you think they're worried at all about Black Lives Matter or Antifa? Do you really think they're sitting terrified about it? No, folks. They're financing it. 
Now, before I prattle anymore, I should remind you to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and if you throw a few bucks my way, hopefully, you'll see how to do it on the website. You can use checks or send cash or use PayPal and uh, hopefully I'll be getting new systems, more new systems in shortly, hopefully. Because uh, we know we're going to get locked down. You know we're going to get locked down right through winter time into next year. That's just where they're going. And those, again, the same folk who rule the world. <laughs> now they've switched COVID back on it. Oh, it's the COVID again. They're all going to die. And But they, all they're doing is sticking to the same agenda that Fauci mentioned at the very beginning. They always tell you the things at the very beginning. Uh, life's never going to be the same again. And this is going to continue into the following year. And you, you won't let you out or anything until you get a vaccination. Our vaccination, you see. And uh, I certainly wouldn't call it that's a normal vaccination. It isn't. Anyway, go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can donate to me. You can also buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and things are starting to move maybe temporarily until they do the next lockdown. And let's, let's be honest, we can really move fast now and get things out, shipped out and so on. So for the folks that are waiting, and just have the patience. Canada, remember, is well on board with this thing. Canada's pretty well a communist country already, you might say. Uh, definitely all completely new world order idea. And uh, it's on board with all the whole World Economic Forum agendas for complete austerity and the abolition of cars uh, 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 as Agenda 21 wanted to have our private vehicles and so on. Abolishment. On board with it all. I'll touch on them tonight, maybe, if I can get around to it. But, uh, yeah, I can buy the books at this, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And, uh, as I say, all my official sites are listed on that com site. Make a note of them in case any of them go down and hopefully you can keep getting my shows. Remember too, other folk put my shows up, but uh, but my originals, um, go into the com website if you want the originals. And, um, and you can sometimes get them a bit earlier than, than folk have to copy it and put them up. Uh, so it's up to you. But regardless, as I say, the future's written. It really is written, and and you, you people maybe start to find out that most of the decisions along the way they, they never had any say in it at all. You really haven't had any say in anything at all. And uh, let's be honest. Look at look at the nonsense you, you've had to fight uh, and accept, either fight for or against or accept over the years. You know, it isn't just gender related. It's, I mean, even right down to bathrooms. For goodness, this is what you were given. To, to, to fill your heads with and have folk arguing about it. Well, I think, you know, we should have all kinds of bathrooms. And, and he, But here you are, the whole thing was to lead up to a bigger army, a bigger army, like they say, the nihilists and the atheists that would get recruited into these movements. They'll have, a lot of them have problems, folks. A lot of them have terrible, and they, they'd really, and the problems are within themselves, you see. But they'll externalize it when they get their fellow brothers and sisters together to go after the general society. And what do you see? You have mayhem when mayhem breaks loose. I'm not talking about the shooting of the black people. I'm talking about the mayhem of those that jump on the bandwagon, the real movement behind it all, that they'll keep it going and benefit from it. Of course they will. And uh, yeah, when when they start literally elevating other lives above other lives, it's okay to kill black cops. That's uh, getting promoted, and, and a lot of them have been shot, and so on. Then you're in big trouble. 
you're in big trouble. And who, for right now, folk won't listen anyway, especially the young folks, I see, who, who think they're part of a revolution. They really do believe it. Uh, and Besmanov said it, they get used and used. And when you can tell them they weren't listening to you, you take them up to a prison camp, they wouldn't listen to you. The system that they're bringing on and bring in couldn't be bad. It's got to be beautiful and utopic. And, and he said, even if you kick them on the behind, he says, they still won't believe you. They're, they're, they're so far gone, contaminated is a term. Stalin used the same term, contaminated, that you can't reason with them. And so the system that they thought they were part of as a revolutionary movement will turn against them and, and get rid of them because now it's a threat to them. <laughs> That's what always happens. Uh, it's just... Uh, but again, it's like Peter the Hermit, as I mentioned before, uh, who was a kind of monk. Uh, I've no idea what denomination, if any at all, but he was a monk and and he... He encouraged youngsters. There was a lot of youngsters who, who again, at that time, uh, were orphans or just on the street and waves the whole thing, or their parents had died of starvation, often things like that too. Uh, and uh, and he encouraged them all to start going to, to the Holy Land, this miraculous place, Utopia, and and where Jesus was was born, and and they were the first, were the, like the first, uh, the real revel, um, his first crusade. Thousands of them danced their way, they say, danced across Europe. They gave them dances and everything, you see. They always get them drum beats, dances, and so on. You'll see it all down through the centuries, the same technique being used. Because you never, when something works, you don't throw it out the window. Use it again. And they would, they would dance into almost a euphoric state, you see, of, of fatigue and it's probably starvation too. And use them. And, of course, they end up getting over towards the Holy Land and... And then they were getting captured and slaughtered and turned into slaves and sold off and all the rest of it. You see, that's what happens. And if you told them, and a lot of folk did tell them at the time, you can't go over there. It's, you just, it's terrible. It's, it's completely different from our... They won't see you as the same people, though, and, and they'll use you and, and abuse you and, and sell you and or kill you. And they did. That's what happened. And the youngsters wouldn't listen either. That's... That's the technique this year. Well, no, it's a utopia over there. Why are you telling us that, you bad, nasty adults, you know? You fossils, you. And that's the way it's used. For a better tomorrow. And the greater good. Remember that phrase? The greater good. I love it and for warfare, too. They always had, even had it in the movie Brazil, the comedy. And you'll see the signs everywhere. We're all in it together. We're all in it together. And they're using all the same slogans, eh, for COVID. We're all in it together. You know, really, really. Well, why can't we all go out in the street shoulder to shoulder for any little cause? You know, even just to get what, sunshine, eh? A little bit of sunshine and, and some decent, uh, you know, vitamin D from your metabolism in your skin. Why not? Why not something like that then, and just stand shoulder to shoulder? Forget the six foot stuff, just like did with the recent protest. And it's okay then. And uh, but why can't you do that? Why can't you? Right? How can you authorize some? Uh, who can endanger others and who can? How can you authorize that according to the causes? Well, it's not meant to be, be logical. You understand. The world you're in now is to become more and more and more illogical until fear and terror will rule you. I'm not kidding. I knew people whose parents were of Irish descent in Scotland, and some of them had, a lot of them actually had come over in the 1800s, 
late 1800s, and I'm talking about like their grandparents and so on, were still alive when I was wee. And they were nasty, the kids. If the kids were slacking with anything or they're packed in work, and I'm not going to do that work. Because they, they were raised. The famine wasn't just a few years. The memory of it lasted for a long time, right in the 20th century. And the grandparents would still go to town with them out of a form of panic. And it was, you don't understand what you, you, you don't understand what you have, but the work ethic is so important. You've got to survive, survive. You, you don't understand. You can't just pack in jobs and change and so on. Uh, they still had that fear, that hope. It was life or death, remember, that whole, that whole time. Life told. And, and that, that, that gave, gave a legacy to the offspring that like you wouldn't believe. It lasted a long time. Total terror, sustained terror, of real terror of life and death, um, will last a, 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 a one or two generations, at least. And it, it will also help destroy the family unit because it's run by fear and, and, and reaction to panic and fear. You have to do what you're told and all pull together or we're all doomed and you're a danger to yourself, maybe to others too, yada, yada, yada. That's what happens, folks. That's what happens when thousands of folk have died. And I literally, it really was manufacturing starvation. That was that was a form of genocide. There's no doubt about it. And don't say it wasn't, or they, they didn't do that kind of... As I say, they turned the troops loose on the islands of Scotland after after Bonnie Prince Charlie he went, went, went back. He went over to France, actually. But um, they wiped out thousands, maybe, maybe much more than just the thousands of the islanders coast to coast and islands... Uh, and I mean men, women, and children. You know. And uh, and afterwards they always try to hide and cover up. Well, it wasn't that bad, because this is what they always do. Rather than tell you what really happened, eh? They'll, they'll cover it up. And well, it wasn't that bad. They got the worst ones and so on. And the real revolutionaries and da, 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 da. yeah. And they weren't revolutionaries. They were in rebellion, really. It was to keep the same system that they'd had as opposed to going to a new system with new kings and queens from a different country. That's what it was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, don't, don't think that these things just happened in the past. You've been watching 30 years' war in the Middle East alone that isn't in, it never was in the interest of the average American. <laughs> they say, what's all about? Well, I'll leave that to you. But the fact is, the military generals all seem to be on board with it. And the Americans are going down the hill and down the hill and down the hill as they have to pay for it all. And with the Americans, other folks in the West go down too, naturally. But, yeah, it's about, you know, you had the, the Desert Storm one, the first one. And then you had uh, you had almost a, the war, then a 10-year flyover, and no, no fly zones and military all around Iraq and so on. Uh, and then the, again, you had it. Two thousand one, they went to town again. It had nothing to do with the tower; it didn't matter. And so you've had a thirty-year war in the Middle East and and, and parts of, in, in Afghanistan as well. Yeah, quite some, isn't it? Eh? And we've all lived through it. And most folk, the ones even rioting right now, you think about this. 
their sons and daughters in the black community too go into the military because, well, you're, going, you're a somebody, be a somebody. And suddenly you got respect and all the rest of it and some kind of honour and prestige that you never would have in the city street. It was the same in all classes too across the world. That's how the armies really always do. They recruited from their lower classes, the cannon fodder. But think about it. We've all lived through it. It's 30 years war. Where were all, all your leaders then? Protesting against these wars It didn't happen 30 years of it And it's still going on The US is still financing The groups uh, that are attacking Syria uh-huh. Why do you think the communist factions They're all paid for by the big boys at the top <laughs> I mean the big, big, big ones at the top Why do you think they don't uh, say Well that's enough fighting Like these other countries and so on Why because, you see, they started off with the color revolutions to overthrow. And when that doesn't work, then you get the, the real army started, or ter- or you fund the terrorists, you see, or this mercenary armies. I don't care what fancy name you give them, that morph to one name to the next, the same group. And, again, the taxpayers of America pay for all, and Britain. But the thing is, they did it with, with what, Egypt as well, remember. Then Egypt voted in a, a, a guy, and then they got him out again. He wasn't secular enough, said the West. You see, under the communist, which is the totalitarian elitist group that runs the world, <laughs> the, they don't give a darn about you, the ones at the WEF. They want a destruction of all religions, you see. Don't you, don't you get that part? All religions want totally secular society. Then they can dominate it quite, because you can buy folk off in secular societies quite easily, which they have always done. And then they can rule it all and, and plunder it, uh, the economy and plunder the taxpayers of the countries and so on for themselves. That's what WEF is all about, folks. Do you really believe they're there to help you? We're part of your community. We're here to help you. Do you really fall for that rubbish? And folk don't remember anything. Eh? Yes, so a 30-year war with the Middle East and they're still not finished with Syria, which was on the list back, back in the 90s, remember, of the PNAC group. And they must get rid of um, Assad yeah, and put in a completely secular society. They've already destroyed a whole bunch, so many religious communities. We paid for all to be, to them and be destroyed. And some of the earliest Christian sects, eh? Ob- all obliterated. Where, where, was, where was the humanitarians uh, uh, marching the streets then for? How can we slaughter these poor folks over there? These weren't rich people. We were slaughtering these because they were they were Christians, <laughs> and the, the and the groups, the Islamic groups that were the mercenary groups that were fund they were they were paying to do it all were beheading for well, again. Where was the outrage from? Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, be a follower and get used, folks. You'll never see the picture as a follower. And that's the truth of it. Now, when you look at what's been demanded by the the front people in the protests and and the riots too, it's more than just uh, you know fair laws and so on and fair trade. It's the sustainability program that that they designed at the very top. 
uh, UNESCO and other organizations belonging to the United Nations and Agenda 21 and the World Economic Forum. It's all the same group, by the way. You know. And you have uh, this article here, for instance, it's uh, quite interesting, from a few years back. And it's about sustainable development. Now, even many of them who are protesting and demanding, you know, oh, we can't open up until we get fairness and you know, do, 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 from the COVID thing. Same thing, by the way, in the, in the World Economic Forum and the Club of Rome and many other organizations, all the front groups for sustainability are all out saying, we can't open up and go back to the old way where we had cars and things and we want to go back to this primitive utopia of, of you know, Nice weather and, and walking and bicycles and things, you know. I like to try that in Canada when it's up to you, snows up to your neck or higher. But facts don't matter, you see. It's, it's for depopulation and bringing down uh, the, the, the numbers, basically. If you're sick and you can't get, uh, if you're not sick and you can't get heating, you're going to get sick very quickly and the population will drop and they can't afford the energy or get access to the energy to keep them warm or to cook with, or anything else, by the way. And uh, that, that's how you bring down populations and whole societies under wonderful-sounding names. We we'll all live in a happy utopia of, of Disney, you know. I think I saw it in a Disney movie once, and we, the sky was always blue. And, and it was just perfect weather, and, and people worked and smiled as they were... They weren't toiling in the fields. They'd be smiling an awful lot and happy as they planted all the crops. It must have been easy... Etc., etc. Hmm. But of course, the, the ones who have been into revolution won't be doing the digging and the planting and the harvesting and the heavy work, of course. That's just the way it goes. Eh? We've seen it all before in the Soviet Union and in China and elsewhere. But this article here is the, the UN Decade of Education for Sustainable Development. And that's ESD, is Education for Sustainable Development. So those ones out in the streets right now, around 18 to 20, have had the last 10 years of a massive indoctrination already, and even before that, and do what's happening now. It all makes sense. As long as you get the same agenda through, you know, uh, getting post-industrial, naturally. They want to go into a post-industrial society. I mean, a pre-industrial society. Well, folk were dying like crazy in a pre-industrial society. They were often, the childbirth was horrible with, with illnesses and so on, and malnutrition, etc. But that's what they want to bring upon you, for the good of the planet, you understand. So that was demand sacrifice. So, so much must always be sacrificed for the good of all. It's just, it's just the old, old ancient religion recycled over and over, isn't it? And it works awfully well, the same formula. But yeah, it's going to take sacrifice. It's like the COVID idea. Well, you know, it'll hit mainly the old folk. Well, the flu hits mainly the old folk in a bad way, that is, and kills them too, and yada, yada, yada. But that's a, well, let's, let's get the numbers up by putting, them, putting infected folk into the old folks' homes by law, like New York City did mandating it. That's murder. That's planned murder to get the numbers up, as we know. And the facts don't matter as long as you get the numbers up. And you you understand what I said before about beheading folk. I mean, there's many ways to kill folk. Uh, and sucking them into uh, infected areas is another way to do it. This is as old as the hills, using bacteria or viruses, diseases for... Warfare purposes, they used to put uh, parts of corpses and sometimes the whole corpses 
over the walls in cities that they're besi- or castles that were besieging, or city states that they called them to with their main cities by walls. They'd fire them over the walls in the big catapults and the abolis, etc., whatever they called them, the big cap- catapults. So anyway, the midpoint of the decay is a good moment for the international communities. You always have these terms that are so vague because they're meaningless. International community. Where are you a community of... Well, to reflect, we're all, to, all to reflect on its understanding and commitment to the decade. Did you know you were all decaded, dedicated in a commitment to the decade? It's also a moment to take stock of what's been achieved so far, blah, 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 blah. This, this 2009... Educating for Sustainable Development, Global Report Learning for Sustainable World Review of Context and Structures for Education for Sustainable Development presents a succinct but insightful overview of the context. Con is a good part in which regions and countries around the world are trying to develop education for sustainable development and related forms of education and learning. No, that's indoctrination, folks. This is, this is indoctrination, yeah, social engineering. Regional and national uh, realities have shaped how the development and promotion of ESDs have occurred, thereby engendering... You, know, amazing. you think words are just there by accident. It's to promote ideas in your head by using certain words. Right? And engendering a variety of interpretations of ESD, not, not, not TSDs but, uh, or SDTDs, but ESDs. In the next half of the decade, we need to focus on finding the unifying dimensions in our thinking about ESDs and work toward. We need to do that, you understand, right? collectively, towards identifying ways to translate general themes into particular applications responsible to local needs, you see. So he's all reports for things you'd never get to vote for. It all comes down from the top and implement into your educational systems to brainwash the children. And uh, it goes on and on. Every year you get the same stuff just, just churned out like you wouldn't believe these massive agencies that you think, when you live, think you're living in democracy. Eh? <laughs> oh, quite amazing. But they go through the, the plans for the future and the structures and formal and non-formal education. See, a lot of it's non-formal. It's, um, you, don't think, you don't know you're being brainwashed watching television, eh? do you? And sustainable uh, development, research and development and ways forward. Well, I just saw something recently to do with the opening up. It includes all the same goals, opening up from COVID day. Eh? We can't have this and we can't have that and we mustn't go back to the old system. But by the Club of Rome, do you vote for No, you don't vote for them. Why don't you just admit you're under some strange oligarchical control of corporations and and think tanks? Why don't you just admit it, folks? Because you don't have any kind of democracy at all. You really don't. <laughs> So let's get back to it. I won't go through all this. I'm just mentioning it. You look it up yourself and go through UNESCO, the big organization that Julian Huxley was, was all for and helped to fund and start up. On behalf, again, of the private group that gave you United Nations, that gave you uh, all the other agendas of the, of the empire of the day, and including you know Planned Parenthood. That was all part of it, too. They get taught on it, yada, 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 yada. And your education is, is all helping to fund this, all your money. 
so you can, they can brainwash your children into ways that you don't, you, could, you can't even imagine, or maybe you can imagine these days if you watch a lot of TV, you've already had your mind bent, I'm sure, in all kinds of directions. And, uh, but they go through uh, structures in informal, non-formal education, ESD research, development, and ways forward. They're always, always way forward, you see, and so it's going to happen by itself. Nope, it's all made to happen. You don't you get a say in anything. But they do go into the same old stuff. A sustainable environment uh, on the planet, it says, and, and it refers to development of natural ecosystems in ways that, so you're part of the ecosystem, that the carrying capacity of the earth and respect the, the non-human world, right? So it's the carrying capacity of the earth. That's too many of you. Sustainable economic developments. And they put that down into prosperity, right? Not, not austerity, but they call it prosperity just to throw you off the track. Sustainable economic development focuses on the development of economic infrastructure in which the efficient management of our natural and human resources is important. When did you become a human resource? It is the finding of balanced ways to integrate these dimensions in everyday living and working that poses perhaps the greatest challenge of our time as this requires alternative ways of thinking and valuing. Etc. and acting. Well, when you go through the gobbledygook of the public relations propaganda here and you start to catch on what all things are about, do you really think the folk at the very top that use all movements, remember, and often create and fund the movements <laughs> to bring in their agenda, give a damn about any individual ethnic group? Do you really think that? Do you really, honestly really think that? Huh? Oh, we're winning now, <laughs> etc. This is from a few, quite a few years back, this one here. And they go through chapter 36 of Agenda 21 on education, training and public awareness, for, which for UNESCO was designated as task manager, identifies four overarching goals. They always have lots of goals and like five and ten and twenty year plans and stuff like that. That's standard communist technique run by the richest folk on the planet, though. You understand? They don't care about labels. They, they, they give you labels to fight for. They, for whatever mindset you have, they've got a label fixed for it. You can just pick one yourself. They've got ready-made labels, you see. Yep. Oh, yeah. And all varieties and subsections of labels, too, if you're not happy with the main one. And that's how it's done. It's always been this way by those who rule the world. <laughs> it's always been done the same way. Now here's Lord Haig. Lord Haig calls lockdown. We need lords to tell us what we already know, you know. But you understand, once again, it takes a somebody to tell us what we already know before it becomes talkable, eh? Mentionable, I suppose, but I like talkable. So Lord Haig calls lockdown a national disaster. No kidding, I wonder, he must be a genius too, and demands immediate end to the two-meter rule after new numbers show 600,000 dive and payroll workers and benefit claims soared by 125%. So the, the grim figures show the numbers of workers on payroll dropped 600,000 in March, May. And Conservative leader has brandished lockdown disaster for society. He's backed former Labour Prime Minister Tony Blair's calls. <laughs> He's backed on me for mass testing. I'm not surprised Tony Blair's got his fingers in the pie. He's got very lucrative pies, you know. And uh, so Tony Blair's calls for mass testing. Quite interesting. 
the same Tony Blair that waved his hands a lot to a one-man band to get Britain into the war across the Middle East along with the U.S. Uh, the, the guy who doesn't believe in, in having you know, positive freedom and stuff like that. Lord Hague's comments in Telegraph come ahead of new unemployment figures. So here's your double speak here. Right? So let's get mass testing. And and, uh, and 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 forgive if this this six feet rule, even though the, the six feet rule again was dreamed up by a schoolgirl supposedly, on behalf of her daddy who worked for the military industrial complex, all do, doing computer module module programs basically, projections of what would happen, and they came up with this f- fantastic farcical mythical idea of six feet. You know, it, it, it means nothing. It means literally nothing in medicine at all. It's a brand new idea. But, but again, you've got to do crazy things like wear masks and stand six feet apart, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is in a sign of the carnage to come. Official figures show the number of paid employees dived 2.1% or 612,000 between March and last month. The breakneck declines particularly worrying with figures this morning showing that government's furlough scheme is now propping up 9.1 million jobs, <laughs> many of which might never return as UK uh, reels from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Well, this is all planned this way. How do you get the folk into austerity? Shut down the entire economy. People may stay at home by borrowing money, even though it's all fict- fictitious money. And uh, and bring them in, uh, out of it with, through, by complete testing forever, the rest of their lives, by the way. This isn't just for like one little thing. This is for the rest of your life. Hope you understand what they're talking about here. Hmm? Forever and ever, amen. They're even talking about giving you measles vaccines. That's another little thing. Because folk weren't wanting a measles vaccine, right? Uh, and, uh, and so they came up with this one. It might, if you give that, it might help against coronavirus, they said. The COVID-19, wow. Where's the proof of it? Well, we don't really have any. <laughs> ben might, eh? Waving smoke in front of your face from, from Sage might help it too. Yeah. Probably a bit more than, than, than the their cons. Another one too says, um, the worst hit for, for workers appears to have been masked by the government's massive furlough bailout scheme with experts. We need experts to tell us that we're in a mess. Uh, warning of 1980s levels of unemployment by the end of the year. Well, they're working hard towards it by keeping you locked down, eh? Oh, it's spiking again. My goodness, what would happen if we let the folk out of their homes? Then natural immunity might herd in. immunity might just happen by itself, like it always has done before. So if we lock them up, they can't get the herd immunity. So when we do let them go, it will start spiking. Oh, my goodness, we are surprised. Really? <laughs> in other words, they're testing. They're not, these are not folk who are sick. These are not folk that are sick. These are folk the same. Their testing says that they've had it or they've got it, but they're not sick. And that's what they Most folk don't know they've had the flu every year. Some folk get awfully sick with it, some don't. <sighs> anyway, they're pushing ahead to get the austerity, and you see with mass testing, it's bigger than that, though. You see, always, always, they always give you little ones here and there. Like, this is an individual guy's idea. That's what that is. No, it's not. They've got lots of little individuals to, to put in front of you. Say, you know, we should really get testing done, all about mass testing, etc. I mean, until you think, well, I guess if so many folk are all for it, then it must be the right. No, no, they're all getting paid to say this, folks. It's, it's the agenda. <laughs> Fauci said at the beginning, you know, you're ne- never going to get back to work until you take our vaccinations. 
And then you get testing all the time, blah, 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 blah. Right? Quite amazing. This other article, too, is the globalist elites to gather in Swiss resort town to plan the post-COVID Great Reset. I've got the articles from a few years ago saying the same thing from the same group. They said we have to get a great, a good reset here of, my, of the money agenda, sustainable. And it says the objective is rebuilding the world's economic and social system in order to make it more sustainable. Too many of you again, eh? <laughs> Too many of you. And, and as folk try to get their autonomous zone set up, that where no money is going to come in, they think they're going to get saved by the, by the World Economic Forum and all the rest of them. Do you think they're going to keep us all around as pets when we've no work? Do you really believe that? With their fine-sounding speeches, etc. Power to the people, etc. Really, do you really believe that? These folks... In the previous articles from a few years ago, we're saying the same thing. We're going to make a, well, here's your planned Great Reset, right here, now, right? And it says, nothing will ever be the same again. It was a mantra that we heard in many countries at the height of COVID-19. So it came with a warning that a new normal <laughs> would replace the existing order. Easy travel, interpersonal relations, large gatherings, even things like shaking hands would have to give way to long-term social distancing, drastic rules and surveillance. But it's for the good of all, you know, the greater good, eh? Of, of corporations that get the apps and get the surveillance equipment and get all the billions thrown at them. <laughs> the greater good. But these changes on the personal level are only part of the picture. The World Economic Forum, together with Prince Charles of England and the International Monetary Fund, has launched an initiative revealingly dubbed uh, the Great Reset with the objective of rebuilding the world's economic social system in order to make it more sustainable. Wow, that sounds good to me, eh? More sustainable. What's better than a... Big juicy steak, a nice stale bit of bread. That's from that other movie too, eh? That's what you, it's all coming back, isn't it? And Prince Charles, remember, was the guy they put forward by the World Economic Forum yeah. uh, and all the top other groups that are there from the, the elite classes. They put him forward years ago to start to kick off the public-private partnerships where the public pay for everything for corporations, you know? And uh, you pay for that. You, you launch and, and even build them things and roads and everything. You, you give it to the private corporations to own it, and they take all the profit and you maintain it. And the taxpayer maintains it. Uh, beautiful projects. These these public-private partnerships. PPPs. Eh? And uh, but yeah, th- th- this is the same agenda. The same folks. And here you are. As folk are, are worried about, oh, you're going to lose all your street. Well, yeah, and 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 youngsters think that they're actually got a revolution on the go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, The idea has received the full support of the United Nations Secretary General. Who cares? What Antonio Guterres, former president of the Socialist International, wants say eh? that says he's a communist. Don't forget what Quigley said. He says, oh, yes, the Council of Foreign Relations. He says, he says we, we, we bring in communists and dictators. and We don't care who they are, he says, as long as they're on board with us. They do. All sides. They run all sides, folks. Antonio Guterres, 
the Socialist, Socialist International from 1999 to 2005. Technically, a reset is a reinitializing of in the language of our digital era. It means erasing old hardware and data on a hard disk and formatting a new in view of a fresh start. That's what it's like. It's like year zero in the communism. You know, this is, they tried that in Cambodia on behalf of the CIA that was running a lot of stuff behind the scenes in Cambodia. And yeah, Evan, Evan or like, like, you know, Lenin said the same thing. History is bunk, he says. So they always eradicate the, the past and destroy the statues. And, and it all starts with some latest guru figure that they give you to, to worship. And, and folk do, unfortunately. Or they're made to, mind you. Since for many decades, the World Economic Forum, founded by Professor Klaus Schwab in 1971, has been getting heads of states and billionaires and heads of big businesses together yearly in order to reflect on economic and governance issues and work towards a common and free global trade, common world rules, to supersede uh, national sovereign decisions, promoting non-discrimination, to transform economies and societies. So these are all the other. They use everything, you see, uh, to, to make sure that there's a, whatever flavor of communism you like, they've got a special flavor just for you. And uh, they go into the Davos meeting and so on. There's a massive organization. With, you know, there are thousands of folk that are trained by them every year. Young, so they pick them in and train them to be future leaders for all the different parties across the planet. <laughs> they can't lose, can they? And, uh, but yeah, it's too many of you, understand. And again, they want to you start not to have children. Be awfully good to not have children. And just just work hard for, for for the great future, and then die off quietly. They'll help you die off quietly. In fact, with with euthanasia, uh, you'll be a good citizen. Then you see, young revolution makes eight demands for police reforms in Peoria Police Department responds. That's another article too. And it's comical too. You watch stuff that. Uh, you, you don't understand as they bring out the police, take police off work. And then you, you watch, they've already had shootings in some of these places hmm? and murders around the areas because now the cops aren't going to reply to any of them. Why would you? The cops have been told, really, you better not go into these areas anymore and, and just let them, otherwise you might be charged. You know, if something happens and you have to deal with it in whatever way it takes, it doesn't, you can't do the right, there's no way you can do anything that's right anymore. And so the crooks and the murder, they already had quite a few murders, actually. Um, and, and so the crooks themselves get a field day. They know the cops won't respond. If the cops do respond, Antifa will say, oh, they're racist bigots, and et cetera. So, it's, uh, so they won't do it. And, and so it'll get worse and worse until chaos rules. And then the government will bring in, because they want to bring in a centralized, and Soros does too, a centralized police system. And communism, centralized. The World Economic Forum, a centralized governance body for the planet, for everything, trade, for everything, you name it. Centralized Marx, centralized government, right? Standard stuff. And the folk never catch on to it. And again, uh, the police, yeah, they're going to ban the use of chokeholds and stuff, that makes sense. And they didn't, they didn't used to use these until they got <laughs> trained by outside sources. Uh, but the facts don't matter anymore. And it's quite interesting to 
what's happening. But again, Antifa would use that. Communists always sit waiting for a spike, as they say, of emotion, and they jump on the bandwagon, and, and then they, they, they take it over. Now listen, New York City, right, mayor, is, is quite amazing. The orders an army of COVID-19 contact tracers not to ask about BLM protests attendance. Hmm? I think this one got banned before by some uh, by the groups that put it out. But the mayor ordered an army of the new tracers. They, these are your new Stasi, by the way. If you haven't figured it out yet, it's not just to do with this; it's to do with everything for the fu- forever into the future, <laughs> including your social credit system score and all the rest of it. All that stuff combined. Believe you me. An army of COVID-19 contact tracers not to ask about BLM protest attendance, you see. So, again, if, as long as you belong to, to the... And really, I'm quite serious about it. I, I said years ago, you better belong... If you don't belong to any special interest group or, or minority group, you better join one to get any rights at all. Otherwise, you're going to have no rights at all. And that's where we are now. We have no rights, you see. So try to find something... And join it. I think Monty Python had a had a, a league of silly walks. You know, if you had a silly walk, you could join it. And but at least you'd have rights, right? And then you could really hit folk that laughed at you because you'd say, "Hey, you can't mock, mock me, right?" Absolutely. There you go. So these contact tracers, uh, again, as I said before, the whole agenda was on the car before COVID came along. It was all worked out before with the same groups of people that run the present show. And it's a Stasi type thing. They were to come into your homes and all the rest of it. They break all the laws and rules of your homes, your castle. The last vestige of uh, any right at all in the West, really. To save you all. You know, it's to save you. As they, if there's anything going around, do you want them coming in? They've been in your hundred houses before you, and if, if one person in the hundreds had it, it's covered them. They're not going to bring it to you. You understand? It's not nothing to do with sanity at all. It's all social training for everybody. That's what it is. So the hundreds of contact tracing workers are hired by the city under De Blasio's new test and trace campaign. And De Blasio too is international. Come, I'd say definitely. So the test and trace campaign have been instructed not to ask anyone who's stayed positive who they've recently attended a demonstration. Well, I guess you have to put all the politicians <laughs> in quarantine if that was the case, eh? <laughs> I'll tell you. Monty Python is sane compared to what's happening now. Even though, the, again, the WHO, the World Health Organization, suggests that asymptomatic individuals, with, with more recent studies, right, rarely pass on the virus, they said. Before, oh my God, it's getting spread by asymptomatic people. Now it says, no, it's hardly ever happening. So there's no real, real anything here to do with it. The whole thing is it's a made-up thing, really. It's a fluish type thing, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's killing old folk, mainly because they can't even get treatment or proper treatment. And then they're putting them in and uh, for forcing them to go into old folks' homes where there's already infections present. Or taking folk into homes which have no present uh, illness there and then bringing ones with the, the live virus in. With that. It's just incredible. And you don't ever think they're stupid, folks. Don't fall for this. Oh, we just didn't think 
Don't fall for that, eh? Don't fall for that. Mm-mm-mm. What happens at the top, the slightest whiff of a variation from any part of an agenda goes through about a dozen think tanks and every little part of it to see what the consequences could be if this happened and that. Nothing happens by accident. Oh, we didn't realize, you know. No, no, no. Don't think that. <laughs> I do have to. In Aberdeen, someone sent me an article from Aberdeen in Scotland, and video and pictures, hundreds of turnout for Black Lives Matter protest in Aberdeen city centre. And uh, this is this is northeast Scotland, you know. This is the good nature demonstration took place between one and three p.m. Union Street was the largest of its kind in the city since the death of George Floyd in the U.S. What was the death in the U.S. got to do with anything in northeast Scotland? Hmm. Across the world too, in Australia, everywhere. By the way, all worked out ahead of it, just waiting for the right incident to happen, and out com- completely coordinated. The leaders all financed and paid. Hmm. And the media all paid to get on board with it right off the bat, obviously. <laughs> in, the, in, in the middle of, of, a, of a, the latest Great Depression, financial depression, yeah. <laughs> folk can't figure this out. The, the same governments that are on board of the W, who, who watched city after city getting slaughtered in the Middle East with their paid. They're paid, the West's paid uh, mercenaries under different names and guises. It's all the same group. And nobody said boo or a hiccup to that. Huh? But let's all be upset because one fella got killed and the cop is charged with murder. Which is law, right? No, there's, more, there's always more happening, folks, believe you me. Uh-uh. Aye, aye, aye. Tell you, but that, that's that's the main thing that happened in Aberdeen there, and then you find that the Aberdeen city now councils, the city council gears up for easing of lockdown restrictions. Well, they're a bit late. I mean, <laughs> they've already had their protests and stuff. They didn't give a damn about lockdown restrictions, so now they're going to go back to it. Or, or and 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 for Scotland is like a communist country. It really is. I've, I've said it before. It came out of this. Uh, this farce, Scottish National Party, which really was socialist, international socialist, and uh, winning its rights to have a, its own country for the first time. What a farce that is! Eh? And the first thing they do is, is is open up its borders and 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 boast about international socialism. Let's all, which means doing away with your borders. What was the point of getting it in the first place? Then doing away with the kind of waste of time, eh? And then, it's, and then of course, it came out under the, the EU, you know, the, under the, their auspices and their dictates. And the same with uh, Ireland did the same thing too. Eh? They, they came out into freedom under a new master, which is bigger than the last one. What a joke. And then they've got uh, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. Oh, the characters that they put ahead of us is just astonishing. Is expected to set out the second part of the Scottish Government's four-phase plan to lift some of the conditions on Thursday. I wonder what the, I don't know what the GDP of Scotland is, because it's not. It's about five million population. It used to be always pretty steady, about five million, and most of them today, a lot enough, a lot of the new births are all from outside. They admit that in their statistics, but um, people coming in and having children, but it's still a lot of a small population. 
And how are they, you know, what are they supposed to do to keep folk locked down forever, keep paying them to sit at home? From where's, where's it all coming from? I tell you. We'll keep the red flag flying high. There you go. National socialism. But then, yeah, it's, it's such a farce, isn't it? Eh? That's what they give you for news, eh? Dictates from, from these people. Like, like Mr. Sturgeon. She's, whatever she said, is, there's always some awfully fishy behind it. Manipulating the masses. Edward Bernays. I won't, I won't go into that one. I've done it all before for years and years and years. But... Um, it's about group psychology and how Sigmund Freud, too. Again, Bernays was a nephew of Sigmund Freud. Uh, it's a strange family, though. They're, they were kind of, even Freud was having some kind of um, affairs with uh, the different Bernays families, and things, quite <laughs> strangely. Anyway, uh, this is, it reminds me really of Darwin. Uh, and the Wedgwood family, they seem to just be interbreeding with the same kind of family over and over and over. But uh, that's my take on it. But uh, it says, the easiest way to divide people is through political theatre, and it's going to be a tough red pill for people to swallow, it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've done all that before, not a folk of just repeating stuff I put out years ago. I think it's kind of boring. Actually, it's verbatim for some of my talks, some of it. <laughs> so what we're going to eat. And then this one here, I get World Economic Forum, the center for the fourth industrial revolution, eh? This is their, t- this is their, how they run the world, all the richest folk on the planet run the world, eh? The center for the fourth industrial revolution. Mm. And real world impact at the speed of now. Oh, I wonder how much they paid for their PR companies for the speed of now. <gasps> wow, eh? We're not just developing new ideas, we're implementing them across the globe at the the pace demanded by technological change, you must adapt to their technological society, you see. And you can't have any privacy in a technological society. I've already told that many times before. They keep telling you that. Most folk don't mind now, though. This is the Forum Centre for the Fourth Industrial is a newly established focal point within the international community for multi-stakeholder dialogue. That's not including you, though and concrete cooperation on governance challenges and opportunities presented by advanced technologies. And you download their brochure, as they sell you the whole idea of it, isn't it? Eh? What do you think? And then they give you the Great Reset, this week's World Ver- uh, versus Virus podcast. Now is the time for a great day. It is, now is the time part again for a revolution, you see. You know, it is that You always see what you look for. Now is the time for a great reset, eh? And how artificial intelligence and machine learning are helping to fight COVID-19. Machine learning, eh? There you go. Uh, and this was the, in other words, they're, they're tracking traces and all the rest of it. Uh, and your apps, yada, yada. That's what they're telling. It's helping to fight COVID-19. Not that you need to fight it in the first place. It says this was the year automation started taking over the workforce. And that's MIT news in with, with them. How the fourth industrial revolution can help us beat COVID-19. And robots have demonstrated their crucial role in pandemics and how they can help for years to come. Really? Wow, oh, gee whiz. Five ways collective intelligence can help beat coronavirus in developing countries. Well, how can we even develop, fight it here with, with, with going to developing countries? Maybe developing countries have to stay away from televisions and stuff and don't send folk off to the WF will be quite okay and safe. Maybe. How about that then, eh? 
Hmm? How's about that? And they can't f- they afford all the machinery to, to, to lose all the rights and freedoms, that monetarism, etc. But the, the World Economic Forum, too, as I've said before, just like the Club of Rome and all the other groups from the left, you think are left-wing groups, they're really fronts <laughs> for the big agenda, for the ultra-rich. But you, you're not going to get opening up after COVID unless you're sustainable. And they're going to have these commissars that come and inspect you and look at you and measure you probably and uh, smell you maybe. Even mm-hmm. I don't know if you should open, you should open up or not. You don't smell left enough. And it says traveling, you see, right? Their whole agenda was planned before this thing came out. Non-traveler digital identity, advancing secure and seamless travel. This project is part of the World Economic Forum's Shaping the Future of Mobility platform. Seeks to develop and pilot a decentralized digital identity platform which leverages fourth industrial revolution technologies to help government and industry leaders, junior fascists, facilitate seamless and more secure international travel. Together with a community of travel security experts, oh, that word experts gets me groveling, really. oh my God, it's so wonderful, policymakers, businesses, and international organizations, the project will achieve this by piloting the KTDI concept in cross-border contexts in collaboration with, a, I guess they have rubber lips and mouths, these folks that speak this verbiage, in collaboration with consortium comprised uh, of the government of Canada, of course, naturally Canada's completely on board with it all, and the Kingdom of the Netherlands, uh, Accenture Airlines, airports and technology providers, the forums are currently piloting components of KTDI concept in a real-life cross-border context. <laughs> and they're going to advancing safer travel in the face of the COVID-19. Oh, it's to do with COVID-19, you see. It's to keep you all safe. So it's, it's complete biometrics, blockchain, and digital identity is now more crucial than ever. And the forum will facilitate multi-stakeholder data, all the rich sods that get all the cash, to gather insights and develop actionable strategies to promote more secure travel through improved border. I mean, totalitarian measures that, you know, get, get to travel and take, and they should take all their new ID stuff and, and get monitored all the time in real time for the rest of your lives, folks. That's what this is, <laughs> if you don't know what it is. Yeah. So there you go. Developing tools and guidance for scalability with the end goal of global interoperability. Ha <laughs> ha, interoperability. I recently published the KTDI Specs Guidance White Paper that describes the technical foundations underpinning the KTDI platform. Now, they, they know that the average person doesn't have a lifetime to spend reading, reading their verbiage, you see. What you're looking at is a multi-layered, massive bureaucracy, way above your government level, all privately owned. Huh? But, but throwing it at your government and telling you to get on with it, and to, and to get, you know, <laughs> they don't have any, any, any um, kickback from the government, so they're quite happy to receive the kickbacks, maybe, who knows. And uh, another one is global new mobility. Again, you, you can't open up unless you get out of that car and all that. Right? So the project is part of the World Economic Forum shaping the future of mobility platform. Oh, there you go. It's about mobility. They want to make sure you're mobile. Is that what it is? I don't think so. 
So here it is, the Global New Mobility Coalition, the GNMC, they always got this, uh, curated by the World Economic Forum, is an active and diverse community, or oh, that means it better, it's a diverse community of over 150 globally renowned experts, oh, these are experts, you get shivers up your spine when you say that word, NGOs and companies for accelerating the shift to shared electric and autonomous mobility. There you go. So you, no, no more you driving yourself, it's going to be shared, you see electric and autonomous system that provides for healthier cities reduces carbon emissions by 95%. I think they use the same computer for global warming and climate change uh, and, and that Neil Ferguson used for, for exaggerating the COVID problem. Improves mobility efficiency by 70% by, by, by stopping you from traveling. Ha <laughs> ha. And decreases commuting costs by 40% because you can't afford and you won't be allowed to travel. So Nash's going to decrease commuting costs. You just won't commute. While tapping into a $600 billion business, which the WEF characters that are in it will only understand. They'll own it all. But it's for the good, the greater good. They only own things for the greater good to make sure that, that you're all living safely for, the, for sustainability. The GNMC publicly communicates a sustainable mobility vision to civic, public and private stakeholders in order to catalyse supply and demand for carbon-neutral mobility ecosystems by 2050. I used to, we used to think it was so terrible, but how bureaucratic... And communists, how communists talked. It was a different language, you know. Now, and this is the same stuff here, because but the folk really brought you communism. <laughs> so GNMC also forms public-private partnerships, naturally, and then we need taxpayers' money to fund their programmes, to accelerate SEAM operations, S-E-A-M, uh, seem adoption through agile policy design, and I guess I must give you a dictionary to read this, this article, and the experimentation in hand-picked cities and iterates learning to a broader network of stakeholders. I, I thought we were going to go vegetarian, and here's all these folks that are stakeholders. I mean, we, we aren't going to get any, we can't afford the stakes, folks. Hmm. Right? So here you go, to inform positive actions. It's steered by the World Economic Forum. Oh, what a coincidence. Climate Works, what a coincidence again. University of California. Davis, oh, that's really a coincidence. China, EV100, Uber, naturally. Energy Foundation, China. Israel Institute of Technology, called Technion. Lyft via BMW, Ford and Uber, among its key partners are C40, OECD, International Transport Forum, Mass Alliance, MAAS, Europe Polis, P-O-L-I-S, Network of Cities, and the World Bank. Oh, what a coincidence. It's the same group that have been running the world for an awful long, for over 100 years anyway. But that's just coincidence, that. It's just that they're better at it, you know. Because they do it for your good, you understand, for sustainability. So the challenge, and to get, and, and, and yes, they take a bit of, you know, profit for themselves and and buy islands for themselves and have special underground cities even built in case any really un, unforeseen broke out. But, um, uh, you know, you, well, that's their right. They sit there. It's like Dr. Kildare, when they were brainwashing the women of, of the world, that the Dr. Kildare was the guy they all wanted to marry. He just couldn't stop worrying about his patients. Uh, he hardly slept. He'd get up in the middle of the night and, my God, Eureka, 
that's what she's got. Now he knew how to treat her, you see. That's, so these folk are entitled, you know, at the, the World Bank and all that, to, to make a little bit of profit, you know, eh? off your money with public-private partnerships. Mm. You pay for their businesses. That's only fair, right? And so it gives you the challenge, supportive policy frameworks, and um, it says, and the mission to co-develop pilot and scale awareness building and policy initiatives that promote the benefits of shared for themselves, eh? electric and automated mobility technologies that seem S-E-A-M to society and the environment. So they're in charge of the world and the environment. They're the gods of, of the air, powers of the air and the earth, everything that walks and crawls and flies and burrows, and they're the gods of it. Nothing much changes from the days of Egypt to the present, eh? And the old days, of course, they just forced you worship. And of course, because you're superstitious, you say, well, my God, okay, there's a God for everything on the planet. So that you'd, in ancient Egypt, you'd, you'd worship. It seemed kind of make sense to you, especially when you need crops and stuff, and you might get a plague or something one year, and that can put you off. And you might, and sometimes the Nile wasn't flooding as it should do. And so things were kind of iffy, but but these guys today, they're, they're on top of all the problems before they even happen. Huh? They've got lots of stuff to... To, to implement, to make it all work, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, they didn't think to ask you to vote for them because they, they have to get things done fast and save you, you see. If they, if you, if they let you know what was going on, you, you might haggle and argue and they get, when, when they all die. When they all die, eh? Mm. And they might have to use some of their profits for their own businesses instead of public-private using your money to, to, to fund and, and run and, and for all their businesses, eh? Canada. And it says the opportunity. Research shows that same solutions contribute to sustainable mobility. However, with the rapid pace of technology change, the appropriate enabling environment remains unclear. Therefore, we, we see an acute need to co-develop awareness and policy. They're good at that, mind you. They can co-develop awareness of things that don't even exist and policy jointly with decision makers the folk they're going to rule you over things that don't exist. Private sector companies, researchers and other stakeholders, the high priesthood, see? So there you go. A coalition comprised of an active and diverse multi-stakeholder community. I mean, big corporations. is bigger, uh, is better positions to drive a balanced and credible transition. This is the age of transition for the century to a more sustainable transportation future via seam than individual actors. In other words, if you did it all yourselves instead of this big uh, club that you can't join, uh, yeah, it just wouldn't work out the same way. Right? It would be a, it'd be a lot cheaper. Yeah. Well, you get what you pay for, you know. Also, too, same World Economic Forum, right? Okay. What is an immunity passport? Thank God these folk are on board. They're on top of everything here, right? We don't have to do anything at all except watch fantasy on television. What is an immunity passport and could it work? So it says, here they go. They've got the World Bank involved and a whole bunch of organizations involved. So it says, weeks into lockdown and with economic indicators signaling a deep global recession, no, it's a depression, governments around the world are searching for ways to get their countries back up and running. But emerging from a cocoon state could risk a second spike of coronavirus infections as people start mixing once more. 
Uh, amongst the measures being considered by governments, including Chile, Germany, Italy, Britain, and the U.S., are immunity passports. Thank goodness that they're all in talk. We, we, you didn't know they were doing all that on your behalf, did you? Oh, my goodness. You, you thought your government was a lazy bunch of sods, didn't you? You really did. But all this time they've been working with the WEF and, and big tech, uh, using your tax money, to get immunity passports. Okay, okay, they, they, they get paid well for all that, those companies, but, but they deserve it keeping you safe, right? So it's a form of documentation given to those who have recovered from COVID-19. Now listen to this. A form of documentation given to those who have recovered from COVID-19. Now Canada and all these countries had articles and documentaries out in the 90s with Wendy Mesley show, where, where Canada was way into the biometrics long before anybody else. You know, fingerprints, eye scan, holy, and here you go. But here they're telling you to leave. Oh, the, the latest thing is COVID nineteen to make you, you all get it. You see, all the holdouts. So it says, uh, in Chile, which looks to be the, the become the first country to put such a scheme into action, the so-called release certificate, as they call it, they call it a release certificate. You're in prison with free holders from all types of quarantine or restriction. Well, there is your way out of it. Buy your way out, folks, you know, and, and get a complete bioimmunity passport. Oh, it's shared by governments and government agencies of all countries and high-tech companies. They all share it, you see, for your own good, obviously. And then you can go around freely, right? And they'll take their cuts of monitoring and watching and studying you and banning you from whatever, eh? And it says, but the ideas prove contentious with the World Health Organization amongst those voicing critics. Always, they always have a branch that will pretend to oppose them on behalf of you without you be asking them. The root of the concern for many is the unknown degree to which past infection confers future immunity. Now, here's your key to it all. Remember, you, you, Fauci said at the beginning, oh, no, he says, you've got to get the vaccine. You say, oh, yeah. Now, that was on the cards before you even heard of COVID-19, or even he heard of it. But uh, it's all planned this way. Because, you see, you always get herd immunity, or you're done for. The whole world will be done for. That's how it's been up until the present. Uh, oh, now they're saying, oh, this, you know, there's no, we don't know. This, this might only last for a, a month or two, your, your own immunity, right? So you'll, you'll need to get retested every three months, even though you're immune right now. You might lose your immunity in three months. This is this is to be forever and ever. Amen, folks. I hope you're getting the picture, eh? But they planned this before you even heard of it. You see, you, you, getting your own herd immunity is not profitable, and, and it doesn't confer authority onto the ones who already have grabbed authority over you. Huh? So it's... Um, but again, you have the World Economic Forum, the richest folk on the planet, and richest corporations on the planet, and richest bankers on the planet, have all decided to help you, you know. Stakeholders, communities, governments, business, and individuals understand the emerging risks and follow-on effects generated by the impact of the coronavirus. They don't know themselves. Don't wear a mask. No, wear a mask or you'll get fined. Don't go outside unless you're allowed. Why are you outside? Don't go a walk. Oh, now you can get a walk for today, about 20 yards more. Oh, don't go with anybody. Don't be any closer than six feet. Oh, it's okay, let's half it in two. And here they're pretending to tell you your own immunity might be gone in two or three months. We don't know, they said. 
but it's better be safe than sorry. Let's do a complete bioscan and get an immunity passport for you. This is a lifelong passport. You can't go anywhere and do anything without the passport. You can't even get in a store. I mentioned this in the 90s, this would come. I said, you're going to a store and even get food, and alarms will go off if you haven't got your tattoo or your chip with all your, all your, your vaccinations on it. Ah, oh, yeah. Life is kind of boring with deja vu, eh? Yeah, in Chile's case, then certificate you'll get. I have to go through it all, right? But, well, you've got to make sure it's repeat business for big corporations that have got, they've got all this technology and so on. As it says, your, your certificate will expire three months after a confirmed infected person has recovered. At this point, they will be concerned to have the same risk of infection as anyone else. <laughs> yeah, you can't win, folks. You can't win, eh? This is as good as it gets. Eh? They got it all figured out, eh? Even though other biologists and, and, and biochemists and the whole have come out that work at these labs and saying your own immunity will last generally two or three, three years, generally for any particular COVID or any other kind of COVID variety strains, um, and even longer. They've, even, they've done tests for stuff, even for folk who had SARS, and still got uh, antibodies 10 years later, you know, things like that. Anyway, this is the, this is the whole agenda, folks, for sustainability. And if, you, if most of you can't, they'll, they'll just say, well, there's been too many folk traveling this month. It's not sustainable, and it's been... Too much carbon in the atmosphere. Even the cyclists are breathing heavy, and other folk too. They're breathing heavy, even though they're not supposed to be doing that during this pandemic. You know, uh, we're just going to lock you all down uh, to fulfil our quota and get the quota back to normal of you know CO two reduction. World Bank COVID nineteen recession again. The same group, eh? is expected to be twice as bad as the 2009 financial crash. So you lost 40%, right, uh, of your value of your currency because the last big con, and they, they plant, things don't disappear, folks. Things don't just go bankrupt. Real businesses, real machines, all these things are real. They're taken over by the folk that causes the crash. And that's how they do it. There's nothing new about that. And it says that, um, this is from the World Bank's website, you know, so you can uh, you can read it for yourselves and and there you go. So it's going to be, it's going to be uh, twice as bad as the 2009 financial crash. Well, you might get a few cents left at the dollar, but sustainability and uh, austerity. I say you bring folk down into poverty. Austerity, you see. Well, they're forcing it, folks, and it all happens for the greater good, you know. But, but that's coincidental. <laughs> And then you have this one here too. That's <laughs> quite amazing. You, you've had the whole thing with Epstein. Again, I had to get disappeared really quickly. It was just too hot to handle with intelligence agencies and blackmail and all that kind of stuff going on. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 900 suspected pedophiles are arrested. Right? 900 of them. As darknet child porn kingpin is jailed for 30 years. It was in May 2017 this came out, the story, but I was thought it was interesting that this is 900 of a global dark web uh, pedophile ring uh, sprawling across Europe and the Americas 
had been arrested following a two-year investigation the FBI and Europol reported after the website's founder was handed a 30-year jail sentence. And uh, shedding light on the, on the scope of the operation, which is still active, the FBI re- revealed that in the U.S. alone, 350 arrests were made as part of a wide-ranging investigation into Playpen, they called it Playpen, a secret website that's being referred to as possibly the biggest child porn online dump that ever existed. And it says, uh, so they pat themselves in the back for an all the rest of it, right? It says, but, but this, this was worldwide, it says, in countries far and near, it says, including Turkey, Peru, Chile, Ukraine, Israel, and Malaysia, according to the FBI. And accounts for a major share of arrests and convictions, blah, blah, blah. A total of 870 arrests were made in connection with the case, according to Europol. And... Uh, it says over 300 children who had suffered sexual abuse at the hands of playpen members had been identified or rescued. So here's the kind of money they put out on this. This is worldwide, right? And the FBI is at it and the whole thing. Now they've got total access to everybody's data. Look at all the folk who have been looting the stores. You've seen it, eh? It's up on YouTube all over the place. Stores getting broken into and hordes of folk just going in and, and ransacking <laughs> very quickly, too very efficient. Uh, uh, the stuff and computers and God knows what else, and TVs and yada yada and, and these stores, you know. Do they really think in this day and age that, that they don't know who's doing it? Do, do they really think that? Do you remember too, a few years ago, they came out with NSA programs and ones we're using for China. And they said it didn't matter if you put wear masks or not. They could tell by, because that measurements, it's, it's all automatic between your eyes and eyes to the bridge of your nose, etc., and the temples and all that kind of thing. It's instant. You actually see it in some of the, the modern stuff. They show you that. China showed us some great stuff initially uh, with, with glasses getting handed out to police at, at railway stations and airports. And everybody coming off trains and so on immediately had little, their ID would come up around them and, and these, these printed up versions of who they were would come on, on the screen and, and instantly, instant facial ID and, and recognition. Even if it was 15 in front of the cop, everyone would just pop up in the glasses. <laughs> and we've got it too, of course. So here you are with, uh, so here's folks still breaking into places and burning cops' cars, which is, are paid by the community. One of the, the states, they burned 20 of the, the cop cars. They said it's all going to get replaced by the taxpayer. Mm. Public-private partnerships, see. Eh? Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, it, it said here, the, the sentence, the main guy, Stephen W. Chase. And uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that they get. we're supposed to be really concerned about this. Kind of, but meanwhile, the, the thousands that happened in Britain, remember, were all ignored for what, what, 15 or 20 years. These gangs were gone. They were grooming them and hooking them on, on heroin and cocaine and sending them out to as prostitutes at 12 and 13 years old. But that, and no one wanted to touch that because huh? it was Britain, you see. Hmm. It was just too politically sensitive. So it's okay, like everyone's politicized today and, and folks suffer. And if you're in the wrong country, the wrong people, you're really going to suffer. No one's going to help you. Nobody. So there's different values depending on what country you live in. 
on, on the life of the people who live there. <laughs> Different values. And as I say, yeah, they can, they can go after a whole worldwide operation, right? But uh, yeah, the folk think that, that they don't know who's causing trouble or, or who are the, are the leaders for revolution, the violent revolutions. This, this is, when they get into a violent stage, folks, it doesn't stop there. If they can go the next step further, they, they'll, they'll go the violence. And, and believe you me, a lot in the mob, when tempers are up and emotions go crazy, will go crazy. And that's what they want, really. You will see it in your lifetime. It won't be that far off, actually. And mass hysteria, says, media raises hysteria over Trump, Tulsa rally after celebrating mass protests. Facts don't matter, as you know. It says, on Saturday, President Trump announced plans to hold his first major campaign in Tulsa, Oklahoma, since the start of the novel Wuhan, it says Wuhan coronavirus here, COVID-19. But uh, it says, the Trump campaign announced it had received more than one million requests for tickets Etc. But of course, the media there are, are, are trying to stop it all. It says, oh, there'll be a spike and in, in, in super spreader, super spreaders and so on for COVID 19, even though they've had the mass protests that took over the nation's cities and even drew participation from woke politicians. So everything's politicized. Facts don't matter anymore, as we all know. Eh? It's awfully important, of course, that they get what they think is left wing in. And the left wing will be completely on board with it, with everything the world economic, the richest folk on the planet want. They're completely on board. Sustainable, yeah, and for the environment, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Atlanta cops continue to call out sick after scores were a no-show yesterday as cities claims it can handle 9-11 calls and every officer is given a $500 bonus for civil unrest shifts. Would you risk your life for 500 bucks? Knowing that if anything happened, and and you even have to defend yourself, you're going to be in the wrong, and and that your bosses aren't going to stand up for you. Well, of course you wouldn't. Of course you won't. The military won't do it either. If they're not, if you don't get a strong command from 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 the ones above you, from those in charge, they won't do it. So that's what's happening, naturally. Yeah. Five hundred dollars bonus. I tell you, it's not, not good. Some some places like Detroit, they, they, they don't even go into anywhere that long before this happened. And that's pretty well normal there. Another one, Atlanta police officers in multiple districts walk off the job. I've got to put that one up too. And... Uh, it says here, Belgian police, got the same protests across the world. You think it's all just happenstance and spontaneous, right? Sure. <laughs> Dream on, Disney, Disneyland people. So Belgian police throw down their handcuffs in mass protests against media hostility and accusations of racism, fascism, and homophobia. Same things, eh? Racism, fascism, and homophobia in a week of Black Lives Matter demonstrations. So the whole thing's commandeered by the by the the real, <laughs> real anti-fascists, which are fascists. But so um, yeah, the cops just have given up there. This, yeah, that's it. What else can you do, eh? What can you do? And uh, I'll put another one up too. It's to do with. As I say, there's, there's no secret about Black Lives Matter. It was taken over a long time ago. 
and set up really by Marxists. Again, using the networking when they bring in all disaffected groups, even creating some of the groups that weren't even groups beforehand, you see, to get beefs, foot with beefs that can't fit into society, all kinds of things like that, and, uh, and use them, you know. So I'll put them up too. So and hundreds of th- oh, this is a, a good one too. Hundreds of households in Berlin are locked down after dozens of people test positive for coronavirus. Eh? So uh, authorities placed 369 homes under quarantine after outbreak in German capital. Involved households in seven locations, some with ten people living together, and the official urged lo- the, the locals to use a new contact tracing app, which was rolled out the day that they found all of them. <laughs> Just coincidence that the, 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 the tracing app was rolled out, and, and they want mandatory testing the same day that mandatory testing came out. Well, the more you test, the more you find uh, folk who either got uh, coronavirus or had it. Uh, if it's a swab test, they're pretty well useless, so I wouldn't even give them any credence at all. And for the blood tests, other types of coronaviruses might show up positive for it too. A lot more, a lot more, a lot of viruses, you can have thousands of viruses in your system, different kinds, you know. And some of them are, you're born with some of them, they get them from your mum, a lot of them. And they're, they're called harmless uh, carrier viruses, you know. Folk are terrified. They they don't know. Maybe a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. So they make sure you get a little bit of knowledge. They won't tell you all the rest of it. And so whenever you hear, oh my God, that's terrible. I've got a virus. So, yeah. <laughs> you put stacks them that don't do any harm. But uh, and even the ones that do you harm is is something if you're at a really advanced stage, or you've got other problems too, or you're on medications that lower your immune system. Unfortunately, a lot of folk on cancer treatments. You see. Uh, especially radiation chemotherapy, uh, they really uh, are in danger of, of getting any kind of um, bad disease because the immune system is shot for a long time until it starts to come back again. So, yeah, isn't it coincidence? They're all out the same day uh, and making sure they're going to have this or you, to, to validate the fact that they're going to make it mandatory that you all get tested. And, and again, along, along with that will come the app. You see, you'll have to have the app. And um, it's got GPS. Every government suggests uh, to use mobile phone tower information and GPS to coordinate the whole system for the app, prompted us with a, a backlash. The folk didn't quite swallow it right off the... They will eventually, though, that part of it, you see. They always do. Oh, well. It's amazing how they get used to things just over time. Oh, well, okay, Using Bluetooth technology, the standard in modern smartphones to track and trace everybody right now. Eh? Amazing. I mean, Germany got East Germany, especially got the Stasi, the secret police, are all through society, and everybody was informing and everybody and blah 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 blah. And here you have the same damn thing again with the government. And oh, it's for it's to help you. Well, it's always the last lot to help you and to preserve the system. What's the difference, folks? This is worse, actually. Yeah. Another one, too, by Ron Paul. This is the second wave of another coronavirus hoax. Just a week or so ago, the mainstream media and thousands representing the uh, medical community told us we must throw out the, 
the stay-at-home orders and go to the streets to protest the death of George Floyd at the hands of the police. The COVID-19 virus will not bother people who are protesting this injustice, they said. The virus only attacks people leaving their homes to protest the stay-at-home orders. <laughs> uh, you, you know something, you, you, you're really under tyranny, you need humour. You really need humour under, when you're under tyranny. Yeah. Just now after thousands of businesses, many of them black-owned, have been reduced to rubble and innocent people in the inner cities no longer have anywhere to shop for the basic necessities of life. The mainstream media has backed off its non-stop coverage of the protest. Suddenly last week, they all simultaneously, it's true at the same time, embraced a new fear story to terrify the masses. A second wave of coronavirus was amongst us. Yeah, sure, you see. And that's how it's done. Then they go into the different states that are really pushing it. And <laughs> it's just coincidence that's everywhere Trump's going to talk. Eh? Uh, yeah, it's just coincidence. Very politicized, uh, these viruses. Eh? And this article, too, is from a, a Canadian newspaper. One of the big ones, I think, is. I never read much of the Canadian papers, I must admit, because uh, they're, they're so PC. And, and again, and they, they're, they're so far beyond left. There's just one system, really. There's no left and right, really. It's one system, but very pronounced in Canada. And biowarfare experts questioned why Canada was sending lethal viruses to China. Well, that came out ages ago. That was August the 8th, 2019, right? And this is not new, you understand. Uh, so it broke out too with, with some of the scams that were going on. It's in a tabletop pandemic exercise, John Hopkins University last year, a pathogen based on the emerging Nipah virus was released by fictional extremists killing 150 million people. A less apocalyptic scenario mapped out by Blue Ribbon U.S. panel envisaged Nipah being dispersed by terrorists and claiming over 6,000 American lives. Scientists from Canada's National Microbiology Laboratory, NML, have also said the highly lethal bug is a potential bioweapon, but this March the same lab shipped samples, this is, in, this is last year, remember, samples of the Henipavirus family and of Ebola to China, which has long been suspected of running a secretive biological warfare program. Uh, are, they, are they kidding? Suspected? I mean, Fauci, remember, okayed a lot of this stuff to be sent to China and worked with them, even funded some of it. Come on here. Anyway, China strongly denies it making germ weapons, and Canadian officials say the shipment was part of its efforts to support public health research worldwide. Sharing of such samples internationally is relatively standard practice. <laughs> but it's gain of functionality, right? But it says, but some experts are raising questions about the March transfer, which appears to be at the centre of a shadowy RCMP investigation and dismissal of a top scientist of the Winnipeg-based NML. And it's true, this it it Chinese scientist, is a woman, um, was working in, in this top lab in Canada. And she, she was still, a, um, I think, belonged to some of the, the top um, PLA, I guess, the, the, the People's Liberation Army, they call it in China. She still was a member of it. And they went to, it was a worrisome on a few fronts, the very fact that they were doing that. And China's growing investment in bioscience, looser ethics around gene editing. And it's very true, and other cutting-edge technology and integration between governments and academia raise a specter of such pathogens being weaponized, he said. Well, that was all with collusion 
of the U.S. Uh, in Fauci and uh, other organizations are associated with them too. And Canadian lab, another one, immersed in arsine probes, sent Ebola and another, and another deadly virus to China. So it's two in the same story, basically. And uh, again last year. And of course, Chile plans the controversial COVID-19 certificates. For those who haven't got it through their heads, <laughs> they're going to make sure you all get this, these, these uh, electronic certification of being free from infection, and you have to keep going back to get retested, retested. And then, of course, they'll have, you know, you have to start taking these other booster shots for the pre-vaccinations and yada, yada, yeah, it's so predictable. So predictable, isn't it? I remember mentioning, too, at the beginning of all this, I said, well, I, th- I really think China and the, and the West is on board together to, to really push this whole terror uh, idea of, of this virus. We're working together. Now, I mean, look, look at all the stuff they churned out from China. Oh, my God, look at those big, big trucks going down, spraying massive, you know, spraying behind them, this strange, misty stuff, and going into stores and offices and doing the same thing. And, and oh, it's such activity and, and horror-looking, yada, yada, yada. Then we followed the suit after being told, of course, by Fauci that it probably wouldn't take off in America. <laughs> Nothing to worry about, he says, until his bosses really said, no, we've got to use this, you know. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. And, uh, and here's Beijing at it again, right, and China at it again. The lockdown in the cities, you know, again, because about 100 odd people, so they say they're tested, right? It doesn't mean they're sick with it, they've just tested it. You'll constantly find folk all test positive, even though they have no symptoms. And uh, false or not makes no difference if using the swab test. But uh, yeah, you constantly find more and more folk. You see, and they keep saying their cases. No, they may have got them, but they're not invalid cases. They're not patients. They're not sick. <laughs> you understand? So a hundred odd people out of a population of Beijing, Beijing population uh, 2020, the current population, it says here, um, is 20,462,610. So we're going to lock down the whole, <laughs> the whole city, maybe the country, because of 100 odd people. I mean, this is the farce of it. Eh? Yeah. I tell you, it's, it's, it's really astonishing what we get fed here. And of course, Britain apparently had, had paid for some other company to, to do their tracing, contact tracing app. Who knows how many millions they threw at their pals there. And then changed their mind afterwards. Uh, once it's all, you know, they're working on it. This changed their mind. And now they've got to give it to Google and Apple, who are working together now. So Google and Apple released coronavirus contact tracing technology for apps, it says. Yep. And this is again. This is this is just the same as having a Stasi system, without the folk necessarily watching. You know, they're going to monitor you electronically initially, then send the tracers out on you if you if you fully comply. You know, and then you take their word for it. You know, you were in the vicinity of somebody that had this. You know, and and uh, they were within about two feet of you to pass in, on the street. Well, I don't remember that. That doesn't matter. You know, lock yourself up. Until we tell you. There you go. That's quite something, isn't it? Eh? 
and they try to tell you the identity of app users will be protected by encryption and an anonymous identifier beacons that change frequently. Where have we heard all this tripe before since we first got the computer altogether, eh? Hack, hack, hack. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll be very safe with your data. Oh, yeah. And, anyway, and it will come all your DNA and everything in it. Oh, what a great boon for them all. And then, then, they'll, then they'll branch off into, you know, we can tell you what you'll be prone to get, you know, diseases and things. Uh, so maybe we should treat you before you actually get outbreaks of certain diseases or illnesses and stuff. Oh, really? Could you help? Oh, yes, that's what we're here for. <laughs> get your wallet out, eh? Uh, so predictable. We are a herd, aren't we? We're just a herd of animals to be used, really. Again, back to the FBI that tracked down all these pedophiles. Eh? But they they can't, I mean, the same system, this worldwide, remember, they, they have offices of the FBI in Canada. They the same up 9-11, after 9-11. And they have them in Britain too, by the way. They all work together, all these organizations, in the old Interpol system, that's Europol. Yada, yada, yada. They all work together. I think they still have an Interpol as well as Europol. But anyway... Yeah, they, they know everything that's going on in real time about everybody, everybody, yeah. But they're very, again, it depends how sensitive that the, whoever they're, they're, they're monitoring, whether, whether they'll do it about it or not. And all these folk going rioting and setting, they're really thinking they're in the middle of a real revolution. And they've got facial rape. FBI tracked down the white woman. I guess it's okay to say that, they see, because she's white. Who set cop cars alight by tracing custom T-shirt that she wore at the Philadelphia demonstration to Etsy, E-T-S-Y, which led them to her LinkedIn and Poshmark accounts. She can afford a Poshmark account, eh? That's quite the communist, this one, eh? So her name is Laurie Elizabeth Blumenthal, 33 years age. Faces two counts of felony arson for her role in setting ablaze two Philadelphia Police Department vehicles on May 30th. And it says, they're still trying, in the same article, it's saying that um, Black Lives Matter protesters and other peaceful demonstrators convened in the city to protest the killing of George Floyd, right? Peaceful demonstrators, but she was here setting the fire to the cop cars. Well, you know, there you go. So she faces a fine of up to $500,000. She'll get off with it. She'll probably get a medal, actually. I've read two recently that a lot of them that they got arrested for setting fires to the places and looting. Had, had, and they got a medal dished out for some organization, but who knows, usually the same suspects, the usual ones, uh, for suffering a night in, in jail. Like a proud thing to be, you know, to show your... You won't have children and if, you, if you're really good, sustainable people. But to, to show anybody down through your life that uh, I took part in that, yeah, it's a badge of honour. But anyway, this, this woman had, her, had a distinct tattoos as well that they rested here. And um, I, I said years ago, do you realise these tattoos are used for ID in you? <laughs> you know, boom, there you go. That they're really, uh, what can you say? So her name was Blumenthal, two counts felony. And the FBI agents used the Instagram post of the burned cars along with five rain photos from various photographers to identify the wording on the woman's shirt. It says, keep the immigrants, deport the racists, the FBI agent explained in his affidavit and vice reports. 
agents discovered that the T-shirts was custom-made and sold on Etsy and found that a user, XXMV, had posted a review about purchasing the shirt. <laughs> the URL belonging to the Etsy was uh, Ali yeah, Cat Lore, it's called. And it listed Philadelphia as being where the user lived. Yeah. So they kept that at that, and then it came up. They, they've got, they know who everybody is. They know who everybody, everybody is. Yeah, guarantee you. If they want them, they'll go for them. If, if they don't, they won't. As the 11 uh, face felony charges from the night of civil unrest and more charges likely in coming weeks, state attorney says. And that's Tampa, Florida, Hillborough. County State Attorney, okay. Uh, Andrew Warren announced the charges for 11 people stemming from the rioting and looting that occurred during demonstrations in Tampa late May. So 44 were arrested for looting and rioting in the USA Mall area of Tampa. Now 11 people have been formally charged. We have the first batch, 11 defense, 15 felony charges, and there's more to come. So they, yeah, they, 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 they <laughs> They're protesting the folk that own jewelry stores. There's one here. There's the, so they did, they did wipe out, clean out jewelry stores. And, uh, and it says that they, they, they were burglarizing homes, they were burning and, uh, and burning gas stations. Too interesting. So there you go. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Smashing windows, took, even took cash registers and. And of course, I think they had uh, a little video of a woman, Badr Unissa, whose store, Badr's hair and all, was broken into. She, she had uh, 32 employees, now they're all out of work. They attacked her store. Again, that intensifies the problem, which is what communists do. They don't help, the pro- they make it worse. That's to get revolution going, eh? <laughs> Sadder stuff. And an article, too, uh, I've mentioned before that Gaddafi's Libya. Um, from 2013, as a write-up says, was Africa's most prosperous democracy, and it was for the whole country. You know, he, he was bringing in a gold reserve for his country and for Africa. <laughs> I had to get what well, that to get rid of him, and he did. Yeah, they certainly did. And um, but yeah, the most prosperous country in Africa. And there are Article Two as uh, a book. It's actually a book about. Uh, New, it's called New Left Tyranny. It's about gangster state capitalism. It's this historic capitalism freed labor from bondage by making labor the private property of the person. Serfs who own labor obligations, the lords became free individuals. Free labor markets and emergent capitalism made productive by technological advancement created with time rising living standards and a free people. Determined to protect their independence by holding government accountable. Well, that was a good, a good myth and dream, wasn't it? This system was eventually wrecked by banks that financialized the economy and diverted discretionary personal income to the payment of interest and fees to banks. Well, now they're just they're just throwing your cash money out to big corporations. They're here to help you and save you from COVID. <laughs> it's the same thing. But anyway, this, back to this article, it says, by global comparison, that moves the first world jobs to Asia, thus raising their profits at the expense of domestic consumer purchasing power and living standards. Of course, the WEF was behind that big push too, along with uh, the CFR. First world workforces were re-inserved as part-time jobs, and that's true. If they give you a full-time job, they might pay your pension plans, uh, insurance, and health care, and even... Uh, 
Um, so he'd put them on part-time. That was forced by the last crash, by the same WEF characters that are running the show today, eh? who owned all the corporations and stuff. So he ended up part-time with no health pension benefits, and that replaced the security of a middle-class existence, etc. So it's probably a decent read. I haven't read it, but... Um, he goes into what's happening across the world, and tyranny can be the only outcome of what's happening. Democracy is touted, but everywhere in the Western world, the traditional ethnicities feel powerless and unable to affect how they are governed. Dissent is censored by the ruling elites who have been in place powerful means to control explanations and to implement agendas that the people do not support. Well, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? But even if you if you have a dissent, before you even think it, they, they already know you're thinking it <laughs> pretty well. Most folk blab things out. And and it really is it's astonishing how much data they collect in every single person on a daily basis. Eh? I want to just go in now to this topic because it's important. It ties in with, with your bio, this and bio that. And the, the World Economic Forum again, you know. And it's almost a post-transhumanist agenda. Don't forget, too, that Julian Huxley of UNESCO, uh, that's Aldous' brother, Julian, was, who, again, uh, he also was a co-founder of Planet Parenthood for reducing the population. They're the wrong kind of people, etc. And he was quite blatant about his form of socialism, which is a real socialism, the same socialism that uh, they don't tell their little members at the bottom about, you know. It's, you, you'll, you'll toe the line, you'll do what you're told, and or else that's it. And uh, Bernard Shaw said it, you, you have to come to us and tell us why we should let you live and stay alive, you know. That's what social real is. This is an organized authoritarian system. It's not to help the working class, if there's any working class left, you know. They're all left, uh, they're all getting paid to sit at home right now, temporarily, mind you. They won't keep us up forever. But I did hear about, uh, I read about, just casually, you, you, you're reading through some articles, and one was about this odd thing with the military boys, some of the military boys, the generals, uh, against Trump. It's interesting. I'm not involved in politics, really, I'm not. But it's rather evident that uh, big things are happening when the generals won't back up the supposed commander in chief, right? And make public statements, which really foment overthrow. That's what that's what's when they make it public. Any disagreement they would have as gentlemen, as they say at that level, uh, should all be, always be done behind closed doors, and they can voice their disagreements and either leave their job or whatever happens to be. But when when they actually stand up against their president, then you're looking for. Who are they going to replace it with? They'll say, oh yeah, does it, who are they going to replace it with? Who do you think they're going to replace it with? Why would your, your generals, you better stop and think it, why would the generals, the way it's portrayed in its simplicity, right, be really pushing for what, what would become a totalitarian internationalist system to replace Trump? which is really a form of communism on behalf of the wealthy elite, as I've been talking about all night here. 
and it's who's from the top to have a, a form of communism because you, in a communist society, centralized systems run everything. And you can, that's what Justin Trudeau talked about. He, said he admired China dealing with COVID because they didn't have to bother going through democracy and persuading the people to go along. They just told them to go along and then they, they did it. So it's more efficient. Well, th- when, you're, when your generals are, are pretty well advocating the same thing for different reasons, you have to see, wait a minute here, you know, and uh, and one of them, the generals, uh, had been asked what he thought of Mattis, and he is a good man, etc., and uh, honourable man, yada, yada, yada. This is, they're talking to, to General Kelly, John Kelly, and he, yeah, he's a good man, and, but, and then asked him if he thought much the same of what Mattis had been complaining about. He says, well, yes, I, I suppose so, right? And I thought, why would the generals be going this far at this time? Well, it's not hard to find. I mentioned before how all generals, not just in the U.S., if it's the career generals or, or soldiers, they get recruited for all, for the military-industrial complex, especially the retired ones and semi-retired ones. Some of them are semi-retired and still getting payments from the military-industrial uh, corporations. See? And uh, so I looked into... Mr. Kelly, and he's, he's, I'm sure he's, he really is really looked upon up to by soldiers I've served under him and so on in different places, I would think so. Uh, but here, here you are, I mean, you, you look into it, and this is where it got me on this strange roundabout track here, and I'll go into it now, it's kind of important. I had Homeland Security nominee General John Kelly fail to disclose position at lobbying firm on ethics disclosure. And it says, this is from 2017. So John F. Kelly, the retired Marine Corps general, nominated by Donald Trump to be Secretary of Homeland Security, did not disclose his position as a vice chairman at a lobbying firm called the Spectrum Group on his federal ethics forms made public this week. So the failure to disclose the position may, may run afoul of federal law requiring Senate-confirmed nominees to reveal potential conflicts of interest to the lawmakers and the public. He came on as a vice chairman at the end of last year, said Esther Lofgren, vice president of the Spectrum Group, when he reached for comment. Right? I've read elsewhere, too, in other articles that that John F. Kelly uh, was a vice chairman, so I don't know whether this one is a, who knows, maybe it came before or after. But it says the Intercept, this is the paper, couldn't reach Kelly by phone, and he did not return email requesting clarification over the issue. Now, you have to really look into who on earth, or what on earth, is this particular group, the Spectrum Group. And it's awfully interesting. One of many, I'm sure, don't forget the military-industrial complex is massive. And CIA guys are recruited into it, if not directly, and actually still staying in the CIA. And people from the Pentagon and top generals and admirals and the rest of it. That's what you use, because they can, they can get things done um, on behalf of corporations. They can, they can get direct meetings with politicians that are put in charge of different divisions of government. You know, All companies do the same thing. And uh, it's very lucrative. I mentioned last week or the week before, I said, you know, some of these massive contracts for for the military industrial groups, if, if you lobby for them, you may get um, a, a few million dollars, quite a few million dollars on each contract. This is big money. Yeah. 
So, but they're supposed to be out of the military by then. They're not supposed to be getting taking a paycheck from the military or an official position and at the same time working for the private company. Yeah. This is a Spectrum Group is a completely separate company, according to Cassie Deselik, executive assistant at DC Capital Partners Business. Registration records show that the two firms are distinct entities. They're not remotely in the same line of businesses. DC Capital Partners, which seems to be almost related to which Kelly listed, focuses on equity investments in middle market companies that provide differentiated and innovative service. Innovative service. The Spectrum Group, which Kelly did not list, specialise in lobbying and government affairs, but it's much bigger than that. And I'm going to get into that as time goes on here. Before I do, by the way, I'll I, I just touch again on global the, the, the New Mobility Coalition by the, the World Economic Forum. And they're praising again. This, they dragged out that stuff that they did from Holland years ago. Oh, look at all the bicycles in Amsterdam. Oh, it's wonderful and healthy and it doesn't produce the carbon, they said. Eh? Although you're breathing a lot of CO2 out, the more you, you pedal, that's got nothing to do with it. But the fact that this is, this is what they want you all to do, go bicycling again. Same old stuff, elimination of cars, but that's the Global New Mobility Coalition. Huh? Shaping the Future of Mobility Platform. There you go, isn't that wonderful? The same group again, uh, your Oberführers are going to be in charge of can you move and travel or not move and travel, yada, 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 yada. Hmm? I'm telling you. And do away with the private cars. Agenda 21, again. Now back to you again, the Spectrum Group, right? Now let's look at this particular group, Spectrum Group. One of their areas is biomedicine. Now you're dealing with a military-industrial complex outfit here, big time. They're, they're, they're involved in so much to do with, uh, again, military-industrial complex. For the military, mainly. And anything to do with the military. But, but biomedicine, this whole idea with the bio labs, for instance, is to do with biomedicine. That's what they say they're up there. That's what they're for, right? Well, what do you make stuff, vaccines and stuff, and, and uh, yada, 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 and alter, but with gain of function, things be more potent and deadly. And of course, that's why the military often uses them as covers for, for getting to the same position. It's for the good of all. By anticipating what nature would do in a few hundred years, we do we just speed up the process and make something which is pretty passive and harmless, pretty deadly. This is what gain of function does. This is a fa- this is no exaggeration. This is what they do. Yeah. So here you find uh, a link within the Spectrum Group to do with it, and it all started again with John Kelly. Just because I want to know why. He was not on board with, with Trump and certain things, and he was backing up Mattis. And it could be completely different. It could be something else altogether. But uh, then you find he's been compromised before with a military-industrial corporation he's been worked for. Uh, so here, here you have what's about from Sin Biowatch, it's called. And again, the same characters involved, right? Then what's the military, in, 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 uh, apart from killing folk, <laughs> what's the military really interested with, with genetic m- modification and engineering and so on of bacteriums and viruses? And all that? Sin Biowatch talks about the next generation genetic engineering. 
And it also mentions that the, the Gates Foundation paid $1.6 million to influence UN expert process. In other words, to get good comebacks and follow-ups and, and write-ups, etc., for some thereafter. So the Gene Drive file, awfully important, disclosed email revealed military as top funder of dangerous new genetic manipulation technique. And gene drive actually is the ability to alter a life form by altering its genes, knowing that it's going to spread through all of its its own kind's genes. And they they'd used it to, to destroy, to try to destroy, for instance, healthy males and mice that would eventually spread through a population in a controlled environment. So you can kill off a, a whole species of things by altering the genes of just one of, or just a few, initially, you see. That's a tremendous weapon, isn't it? Eh? So you can do it with mice, you can do it with people, or you can do it with subgroups of people. Like, oh, we're all in subgroups. They've all put us in groups of this, that, there, you know, and gene types in the Human Genome Project. That's part of the purpose of it in the first place. <laughs> but... Uh, it says over 1,200 emails released under an open records request reveal the U.S. military is now the top funder and influencer behind a controversial genetic extinction technology. That's what it is, it's an extinction, known as gene drives, pumping $100 million into the field. The trove of emails obtained via open records requests shed lights on $1.6 million UN gene drive advocacy operation paid for by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So emerging ag is for agriculture too. You can do it in anything, any kind of life form, including crops and so on, and, and mammals as well. But emerging ag, a, a private PR firm paid by the Gates Foundation, were behind the scenes to stack key UN advisory processes with gene-drive-friendly scientists. That's standard stuff with all these characters. And has recruited ostensibly, ostensibly independent academics and public officials into a private collaboration to counteract proposed regulations and to resist calls by scientists and conservationists for an international moratorium. Some of those recruited entered into the UN discussions without divulging their conflicts of interest or the role that paid political consultants played in shaping their inputs. So, these, these files which are dubbed the gene drive files, additionally cast a spotlight on the central role of the shadowy U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, you know, DARPA. As a key funder now accelerating gene drive development, for example, DARPA is now revealed as a major financier backer of efforts to develop gene drive mammals, such as mice, that are led by U.S. US scientists and environmental NGO. <laughs> That's for the, oh, it's just environmentalists, you know. So, so it says, although DARPA has no biodiversity conservation mission, raising questions about the defense agency's intent. These revelations come in the heels of a public warning issued by a leading gene drive researcher, Dr. Kevin Esvelt, that occurred. Their recurrent gene drives are too powerful to be used in conservation. Gene drives are a powerful and dangerous new technology and potential biological weapons uh, that could have disastrous impacts on peace, food security, and the environment, especially if misused, said Jim Thomas of ETC Group. The fact that gene drive development is now being primarily funded and structured by the U.S. military raises alarming questions about this entire field. 
No kidding, eh? No kidding. It says, gene drives could have profound global impacts, and these emails reveal a secretive attempt to game the system by gene drive proponents aiming to minimize essential regulations and oversight. Now, let's do it. We don't get around them, said Dana Perles of Friends of the Earth. And the Friends of the Earth, generally, some of the quotes from the top leaders of them, they're quite happy if the earth depopulated. So there's no good guys anywhere. We need more transparency about who's influencing critical decisions about the future of global ecosystems, people, livelihoods, or our food system. In response to the news, uh, the integrity of technical processes under Convention of Biological Diversity. Interesting, too. The Convention on Biological Diversity, if you may wonder what all that was about, may have been compromised. Civil society groups will urgently raise the need for better disclosure of interest within a framework for addressing conflict of interest at the CBD, said Lim Lai Ching of the Third World Network. Mosquitoes containing gene drives are being proposed for malaria control of Africa. While claiming potential health benefits, any application of such powerful technologies should be subject to the highest standards of transparency and disclosure. Sadly, this doesn't appear to be the case, releasing risky GM organisms into the environments of these African countries with mosquitoes as outrageous and deeply worrying, said Miriam Mayet, Executive Director of the African Centre for Biodiversity. Don't forget a lot of folk... (laughs) are getting terrible reactions to modified mosquitoes when they bite you. You can go to anaphylactic shock with these damn things. Some of them now that are modified, generally modified. Well, we're here to help you. Anyway, it says, um, the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, is reported to have given approximately $100 million for gene drive research, $35 million more than previously reported, and it says, if confirmed, DARPA appears to be the largest single funder of gene drive research on the planet. An emerging ag, privately held, uh, held public relations firm, received over $1.6 million from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to work on gene drive topics and to focus on exerting influence on the UN Convention on Biological Diversity, the key body for gene drive governance. Mm-mm-mm. So... Uh, it's quite interesting what's going on with all this, but this is just the start of it. And then you, you get into... Uh, this This is an example. This is a good example right now. Genetic Engineering and Society Center, it's called, right? And uh, genetically modified mosquitoes could be released in Florida and Texas beginning this summer. This is, in, this is this June, June the 3rd, 2020. Silver bullets are jumping the gun. In May 2020, uh, the company Oxitec, a big company, uh, one of these groups, you know, Oxitec received an experimental use permit from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. They're, they're all, the big gang at the top, you know, the FDA and, and uh, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, they're all, all connected. Uh, Food and Drug Administration, it's all the same, the same group. To release millions of GM mosquitoes, labelled as Oxitec, OX5034, every week over the next two years in Florida and Texas, females of this mosquito species uh, transmit dengue, uh, chikungunya, and uh, yellow fever, and Zika viruses. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? When these lab-bred GM males are released and mate with wild females, uh, 
Why can't they get a, a decent, homely kind of character, you know, that, that wild females? But there you go. Their female offspring die. Continue a large-scale release of these OX5034 GM males could eventually cause the temporary collapse of a wild population. However, as vector biologists, geneticists, policy experts, biothesists, we are concerned that current government oversight and scientific evaluation of GM mosquitoes do not ensure the responsible deployment. And it says, uh, coral reefs that can stand rising sea temperatures, American chestnut trees that can su- survive blight, and mosquitoes that can't spread disease are examples of how genetic engineering may transform the natural world. But they're, see, they're doing genetic decoding and gene editing. It turns things on and off. You can do it in your brain too, by the way, and your whole body. You can turn any organ on and off with, 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 uh, with um, epigenetics. Hmm. They can do this with gene editing with emerge and with speed and enthusiasm. The ecological systems they could alter remain enormously complex and understudied. But don't you believe it? They, can, they, they know what they're doing here. And it says... Um, for the mosquitoes, it will, they hope to, to, to yield inviolable offspring or make them unsuitable for disease transmission. Right. Make them sterile. I can remember reading articles years ago when, when the China, the Chinese are way ahead, you know, with the, the people in China, of what their governments have done in the past to do with sterilization and one-child-per-family policies and things like that. And... Uh, I can remember when they were they were going on. Uh, there was a hullabaloo, and the folk in the West was saying, what's, "What's the problem with them?" And it was to do with with eggs, where, where the chickens had been fed with uh, was a cotton seed or something. But, but it's, a, it's a seed that literally produces sterility in males. And they were feeding the chickens with it on purpose for that, maybe that purpose. But the people in China knew that. The ordinary folk knew that in China. And uh, they're ahead of us as to what the government's will and have done. In the past, and so they they're on the watch for it. But we're we're so simple and stupid, aren't we? We're so used to being pampered. We're taking such great public relations. We're all, they're always here to help you. You see, they always do things to help you and to save you and for your benefit, without you even have to even waste time knowing about it or waste time finding out what they're doing. Leave it to them. You, you trust them so much. You know that they're there to help you. Hmm? Why, I tell you, we're, this, we're the easiest folk to manage. It's just astonishing. Anyway, um, they go into the different uh, organisms that receive more attention for genetic modification than mosquitoes to yield an viable offspring or make them unsuitable for disease transmission. And it says, uh, although the EPA approved the permit for Oxitec, state approval is still required. A previously planned release in the Florida Keys with an earlier version of Oxitex GM mosquitoes, OX513, was withdrawn in 2016 after a referendum indicated significant opposition from local residents. Oxitex has field trialed other GM mosquitoes in Brazil, Cayman Islands, Malaysia, and Panama. And so this goes on about. Uh, Trying to reassess the risks, etc., etc. It's just a. St- but the, the, these generals, as I say, too, I'm not saying that the Kelly was directly involved in, in bio warfare here, but there's, there's no doubt about it. He worked for a company uh, that's definitely a military industrial complex, and um, that's what military industrial complex are ways of killing folk or sterilizing for long term plans, remember. This is not a new thing, 
I hope you understand that. The declassified governmental data from biowarfare companies working with governments during World War II and afterwards go into that whole scenario of how do you bring down, if you're, if you're a population that's going to be at war with you forever or you're occupying a country and they're going to, every generation, they're going to grow more young children, more young boys to fight you, what do you do? Well, you've got to eliminate them some. How do you do that? Well, sterilization. Um, there's many ways uh, to, to get rid of young, even radicalize them more to take, make them take more risks and supply them with leaders and they become almost a kamikaze squad and, and and not bring down their population quickly, etc., etc. Or you can put stuff in their food, or you can literally sterilize them chemically through other means too, which I'm completely unaware of, you see. That's long-term planning. That's what you do with long-term planning with the military. And every military uh, academy teaches that kind of stuff in this day and age. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's not unthinkable at all <laughs> why DARPA's involved to help you, you know, in, in biomedicine, etc., and how we gene edit and turn switches on and off and all that kind of stuff. Don't forget, too, you can turn switches on and off. That's how you sterilize people. And things just stop working in your body hormonal-wise and blah, 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 blah. It's quite easy to do. But we're living in a happy, wonderful world where they keep telling you they're here to help you. You know that. So this is a paranoid, suspicious conspiracy stuff, obviously. Now you can go into... The next step of what are gene drives, right? And uh, it says experimental genetic engineering technology intended to aggressively spread a specific bioengineered trait among a species or population in nature. They're talking about crops and so on, or animals. Normally, a genetically modified organism released to the wild would pass on to its bioengineered traits such as herbicide resistance to only about half of its offspring. Gene drives are designed so that bioengineered traits will be passed on to all or most offspring, even though they are likely to be 100% effective. If a gene drive were to be successful, the chosen genetically engineered traits would spread and become dominant in wild populations over a few generations of the species. A successful gene drive could intentionally or accidentally alter a species or crash it to extinction. So far, these artificial gene drives are developed using a new gene editing system known as CRISPR, Cas9. Then they go into what they could be used for all, oh, remove weeds, blah, 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 yada, 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 right? But then you go into the next part, how quickly are gene drives being developed? The first working CRISPR gene drive was reported in 2014. Since then, and that's reported, right? Since then, hundreds of millions of dollars of private philanthropic and military funds, like the philanthropies, and military funds, let's underline that, have been directed into accelerating gene drive development, while some developers estimate that they're at least a decade away from being ready for an environmental release of gene drives. Sure they will. Our proponents are proposing field trial release of gene drive organisms as early as 2020. So far, gene drives have been put into mice, uh, fruit flies, mosquitoes, yeast, and nematodes. Interesting too, eh? The modified yeasts and uh, fungi. <laughs> it's just, just on, if we're getting all these strange fungus diseases, uh, that's just coincidence. So. The temptations of gene drives, it says. Some policymakers may be drawn to gene drives since they seem to propose a simple 
Silver Bullet solution to complex problems. Technicians and corporations may be thrilled by the apparent technical power gene drives offering potential for increasing profit. With technical application may be marketed with ambitious claims as ready-made solutions failed. Experiments with such technological solutions in the past have demonstrated the need for precautionary approaches and deeper research into biological impacts. I know in the States, in some parts of Pennsylvania, there are problems with uh, some kind of fungus that overtake farmers' fields because of some stuff that was sprayed by planes over them. And now this kind of strange fungus is overtaking other fields that weren't sprayed. It just keeps going. And so this is the kind of thing that can happen when you modify anything. But they're modifying insects too, right? And... Um, some they call it safe genes and insect allies, they call it. But don't forget that uh, certain things can then start modifying you. <laughs> they used to say years ago, it was a slogan uh, brought up by big PR companies, no doubt. But it was, uh, you are what you eat, you know. And uh, to an extent, it's awfully, awfully true, especially since you're not eating great stuff these days uh, when you're growing vegetables in the same soil over and over without a break and there's no fallow period at all so uh, adding just chemicals to it doesn't make up all the stuff that, that your body really needs it might, make, it might give you a big plant or a big vegetable but it doesn't mean it's, it's full of nutrition as you know however now you've got these, these particular <laughs> invasive kind of gene drive systems and they say that too, if one spreads in the wild, you know, a gene that they've introduced in a wild species, is the, is the gene drive organism will be subject to mutation and evolutionary pressures, as will the wild species in attempts to resist the invading gene drive. One way or another, the gene drive may fail to work, or the rising mutations may persist and spread through a population. Yeah, and that's some. So anyway, that, that's just that part, but the... What it made me think of was, here's your military, and here's the top generals, and I wonder how many of them are involved and in, in, in on the take. A lot of them are retired, remember, and they're allowed to be involved in all of this kind of stuff, and they always get approached to be on the boards of them, because big money if they, if they lobby for them, for these, for these companies. It does make you wonder, especially when, especially when the military is so involved <laughs> with all of it, and then you get Bill Gates as well, and... And then you get also uh, the, the the vaccines that Gates and all the rest of them are promoting and Fauci that literally are different kinds of vaccine that's going to alter the, the genetic makeup in your, the linings of your lungs, perhaps, and, and receptor sites in your lungs. Modify them. It's a different kind of vaccine from the old kind where they took viruses and either killed them or made them less virile. So they wouldn't really spread or or mutate in your body and 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 multiply, and they put them into you in the hope that your body would detect them and then form antibodies against them because they're weakened cells. Well, this is a different type of thing altogether. It's it's, it's literally going to alter your the makeup of your cells for the receptor size. This is the big danger. Where does it stop? Will it stop there? They don't know. Oh, we're rushing it through, and we've no option. Oh, it's just save the planet. Oh, come off it. Get off it. Come on. This is a big agenda here. What else will it do to you, I wonder? Yeah? What else will it do to you? Think about it. You already had the reports coming out that COVID itself, this oddball COVID, 
idea uh, uh, 19 was causing sterility in some males in China because it, it not affects the receptor sites they see two re- receptor sites in the lungs but it also would affect certain epithelial tissue or epithelial like tissue like the kind inside the heart you know but also the testes this is what they're saying and of course in the intestine we all start to hibernate perhaps and live there well, so the vaccines. They found out with other vaccines before. They can tell with certain vaccines. <laughs> they end up in some children's gut uh, because they're, they're specifically, uh, they're detectable uh, since a lot of them are modified to you know, vac- uh, viruses, you see. Well, this, is, this, is, this, this thing, uh, this COVID supposedly can, can go into something similar, which would mean that even if, you're, if they gave you the other type of, of um, old-type fashion kind of uh, vaccination for it, by using weakened cells or virus cells it and put them into your body, how would that make it make your, your, your body produce? Because you, that kind was supposed to make your own body produce its antibodies, which it would do anyway. <laughs> Why would it make it do any better than, than acquiring the immune system yourself? See, it makes no sense what they're doing. It's got, there's, there's some stinks behind it all. If your body can make its own antibodies against COVID, and they're admitting that, why would their vaccination, and I'm talking about the, the non-genetically uh, um, modified type huh, of vaccine, well, why would that be any better if it's all intended to stimulate your body to make antibodies against it anyway? When your body can make antibodies against it, why not just let it happen? It makes no sense at all. There's something else, some stinks behind it. But I know that they definitely want to bring out this, this uh, two or three part vaccination series system that they're going to give you and it's going to be using a, a, a something that's, it's not even going to bother using the virus it's going to literally modify you and I really think you're going to get a terrible reaction to it if you come up against a particular virus down the road this is what you're supposed to test over years before you give it to the public and, and it's supposed to well we don't have time to do that this time we don't have time well really when human life's at stake here I think it's all the time in the world here will you and why should you trust these characters that have cried wolf for so long, uh, right down from the shutting down the economy, uh, when they admitted they wanted a complete reset a few years ago, and the same organization at the top's using it all again uh, with a, under the excuse of COVID. Hmm? A lockdown, sustainability, the whole thing. Why would you trust them on anything, folks? Think about that. Why would you? And once again, folks, remember, you can buy the books in discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You can donate to me, and you, you know how to do it, if you bother. <laughs> uh, because I've, I've got a whole bunch of sites to keep going. And uh, I'd like to keep uh, putting out information as we go through all this stuff. I don't have any axe to grind. I don't have any political parties. I've, I gave up on that joke a long, long time ago. And um, I just give you information of what's really happening for your own good and maybe you can help yourself by knowing a lot of folk don't want to know truth they can't handle truth but other folk really crave it they want to know what's behind things it gives them a satisfaction by really understanding the big picture as opposed to the media oh be terrified of this now or look at this now no you understand the big picture and you realize this is a continuation of an agenda an old agenda by those at the top and we were truly are, we're kept like children, just like the movie, as I've said before, that, that movie called The Island. 
with the clones in it. Ewan McGregor, very naive for, for nefarious purposes that are really at the top. <laughs> they don't have your best interests in mind, especially when it comes to this word sustainability, folks. Huh? And with eugenics and sustainability, and believe you me, the, the left wing, where that's one of their main things was eugenics. They really, for folk who don't know that, they think, oh, it's all these right wing. No, no, no. no. Socialism brought eugenics in. Uh, they talk about Adolf Hitler was a socialist, remember? And the socialists what really believed in a scientifically run society by scientists and experts. That's what the Soviet Union was supposed to be, run by experts, professionals, and so on. That's what it is, folks. Keep, keep things in their proper perspective. And you can see why the elite like socialism. It works better for them, like Justin Trudeau. You can get all things done. You don't have to bother with democracy and convincing folk. You can just tell them what to do and they'll do it. And that's, how, that's, that's what the big elite want, naturally. So remember, buy the books and discs, cuttingthroughmedias.com, make a list of all my sites, and you can see how to send a few bucks my way and keep me ticking over. And before I go too, I want to mention two other, other topics, two or three other topics maybe. Now we're on to eugenics and so on. The University College London renames two lecture theatres in a building honouring Victoria or Victorian, not Queen Victoria, eugenicist Carl Pearson and Francis Galton. And then they go through it to a problematic history, oh my goodness, you know. And, and uh, the university said Friday, the Galton Lecture Theatre, being named uh, Lecture Theatre 115. That's very socialistic, yeah, that's better. The Pearson Lecture Theatre changed to Lecture Theatre G22, and the Pearson Building to the Northwest Wing. That's very communist Soviet drabby. Isn't it really? Uh, Victorian scientist Francis Galton coined the term eugenics and endowed UCL with his personal collection and archive, along with a bequest for the country's first professional chair of eugenics, of which Carl Pearson was the first holder, the university said. But it's just astonishing. The left wingers, too, who praise scientists, who experts, is that right? Think about it. Uh, because Tesla. No, the, the, the dream, the, the, the hero of technocrats, the technocracy movement, and some of them involved and descended from it, Tesla, right? Where you would, uh, Tesla believed in, in energy again and faded right into the whole pro, program, really, of a world run by energy credits and units. Tesla was a eugenicist. If you, if you read his, his different papers on eugenics and the folk that should just what should be done to them and done away with and all the rest of it too for efficiency's sake. See, left wing is about efficiency. I hope you understand that. But so is right wing because there's only one body, the bird, behind the shield and it runs both sides, left and right wing. Nothing changes, folks. Same group. But yeah, Tesla's okay. He's a wonder. Oh, he's, well, he's a genius, you know. Well, where have you heard that rubbish before? Eh? Where have you heard that rubbish before? The man worked for the military-industrial complex. He, he created stuff, he, weapons, he, he said we could kill, maybe wipe out whole towns and cities using high frequencies and, and standing waves like, that, like we now have for the harp technologies. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was all for that kind of stuff. And, um, but he also believed in, in superior types and inferior types. And he didn't believe in inferior types should be allowed to breed or, or even exist. Hope you understand that. Of course, he made excuses for him too. Well, you know, he had... A, he had these genius problems, you know, like, like maybe maybe slightly autistic or something. It's hard to tell, but 
So they're always making excuses for, for the right people, you understand, you know. He's an electric system. And a car was named after him. It's quite something. But yeah, very selective. Just like they're very selective in who the protester depends whose heads are getting chopped off across the planet. Who are going to say anything at all, which generally is nothing. Uh, the leaders, I keep telling you, the, the leaders are chosen for you. That's why they're so selective and they're so silent at times. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, it's rather obvious. But the folk, the followers never figure that out, unfortunately. They don't they get carried away with it all. We're on the women team, it's our revolution now, you know, we're going to have a utopia, you know, for a, we're working for a better tomorrow, you know, for the common good. That's how it works out, isn't it? But they never, they never figure this out when it's all happening. Also, you have the cyber attacks, and they claim China is behind it, who knows, Australia's getting hacked, apparently, because they're, well, they're an ally of the U.S., and... And the U.S. is saber-rattling, getting ready for Iran and China again. You need an enemy, naturally, if you want to have a military at all. That's, that's the, at least that's the, the belief of it all. I don't think they really do. I think if you're well prepared against any enemy and you're trained consistently, then you're all ready to, to cope with it very quickly if you have to. However, the U.S. has been the policeman of the world for a long time, but it's also very lucrative for those in the military-industrial complex that can take resources, including the oil fields, in the north of Syria, as they have never let them get back into Syrian hands. It's not called theft or, or spoils of war, even. It's just uh, taking care of it, you know, and just making sure it's all right. Yep, that's all right. It looks all right to me. And, uh, yeah. I'll also put up a link, too, to, um, since we mentioned Nikola Tesla, uh, and, the, and again, association to the car, you know, word association. <laughs> Again, a comedian who, who went up about uh, an electronic car, how he looked good, and, and you know, to fit the image you see, you have to do good for sustainability and clean air and all that kind of stuff. He says, and, and actually do nothing. See, just look good, look the part, but really do nothing to help the environment or help anything else. It's a bit of a comedy on it, it's a good parody. And uh, I think he starts off with it well, this car is worth $160,000. and because they must always show you how, how expensive and tell you how expensive it is as part of the status symbol of being a good environmentalist in this day and age, you know, for those that can afford it. And uh, you can guarantee the folk that can afford it are not eating uh, the, the, the poisoned food that you are. <laughs> but that's how things really are. Eh? We live in an amazing time uh, of incredible mind management. It's, it's all perception management. Everywhere you look, is perception. Don't see it this way or think that. No, try and look at it this way instead. Uh, and that's how everything's supposed to be until everything's just psychotic. If you believe them and do what they say, everything would be psychotic, you understand, eh? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it really? But uh, that's where we are today. And we're already fed up with, with coronavirus. I wouldn't even bother. I was going to put the World Health Organization, the most recent stats on it, you know. And uh, you get fed up with the nonsense and graphs and rubbish and they're fake. You know, everyone's fake. To me, everyone's fake. And we've been through it all before with, with a, a, political, a political virus that can dis- disappear when the right kind of protests are taking place. And no one gets in trouble for it at all. 
and then it's immediately resurrected. It's like, oh, yeah, you've all got to get locked down as soon as the protests are dying off. It's just astonishing times we live in, honestly, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Don't you realize if it's that deadly and, and the whole economy across the planet has to crash to save us, why would they not be going after folk who break the eye? If it's that deadly, why would you be stopping? Why would you literally stop it and then start it again? Because of politics. Come on. Something's either deadly or it's not deadly. And if folk literally are breaking it all, it's like this deadly, deadly disease and going to spread it to everybody else and kill folk, well, that's, a, that's pretty well negligent or, or manslaughter at the very least on their... So why aren't they all getting dealt with? Well, it's not, everyone's politicized for other reasons. There's no reality to end we're being told these days, obviously. Don't wear a mask, wear a mask. Oh, it gets a folk with, with, with um, no symptoms are spreading it. Or the who says now, oh, folk with no symptoms probably aren't spreading it at all. Oh, forget it, folks. Forget it. It's a big agenda. Sustainability, World Economic Forum, Massive organization, and it's got bureaucracies and levels of all bigger than some countries' bureaucracies. And they train folk for the whole planet, and, get, and they're already training their future uh, um, child proteges. They'll, they'll unroll in a few years now, when the other one's getting a bit older, they'll, they'll bring a few other ones out that will parrot the same stuff. Because they've done it before, you see, before now. Anyway, for myself, Alan Walkman to your calendar, remember, donate to me. Send me a few bucks, cutting It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you and keep your sanity. <laughs>